gorgeous people it's episode 472 oh, of conversation street i'm Gemma. i am michael today Hello. we're talking about episodes full of beans again today aren't we broadcast in the uk between the 24th and the 28th of may 2021 episodes 10,333 to 10,338 you, you sound are you excited to do a podcast today sounds no, like it no why not um being contrary well, I'm kind of excited. I, I, I kind of liked... I thought I, I was... I'm just, I'm just G'd up by tonight's Coronation Street because I thought it was quite good today. Maybe not so much the beginning of the week, but I thought it, it was saved at the end. So I'm looking forward to having a chat with you about that later. Hooray! How's your week been, Gemma? I've been scared to death. We've been doing loads of important house stuff this week. No, I've been playing Resident Evil Village. Oh, I thought you were talking about... We, we have, we've had men visiting our house to change locks on windows and bring skips and things, haven't we? I don't like it. Yeah, it feels pretty real. If I, had, if I had my way, if I could actually buy the house I want, I would buy the Fortress of Solitude. But you know what? Still people would have to come to, like, change your locks and take your bins away. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we're not moving yet, everybody, but, you know, things are still going. Six months later. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I told you at the time. I know, I know you did. Right. I've just been um, conditioned to believe by Coronation Street that if you want to move house, you just you just do it and it happens the next day. But in real life, it it doesn't work like that. Oh, well. No, it doesn't. Um, yeah, apart from that, this week's been pretty good. I'm on half term now. It's school holidays. Hooray. I've got lots of work to do next week. Um, yes. What's going on? What, what, what are we doing today? Quiz. Oh, yeah, okay. We've got a quiz here, which um, is for the 24th to 28th of May in years ending in a one and a six from coronationstreet.fandom.com. Question number one. 24th of May, 1996. Steve McDonald is sentenced to two years in which prison? Oh, how should I know that? Because we literally just recorded a segment about prisons and mentioned it. We did, literally. Our bonus episode this week, everybody, is about Coronation Street Behind Bars. It's about all the prison stories that Curry has had over the years. It's quite interesting, even if I do say so myself. Uh, I'm just stalling for time, really. Um, well, from that talk that we had, you know that there are only a few select... Well, I know. Well, I don't think it was Highfield present back, back then, so I'm not going to say that. Um, I suppose I better go for strange ways. Correct. Yay! <laughs> 24th of May, 2016. Who does Carla marry? 2016. Who does Carla marry in 2016? Yeah. Oh, That's... Nick. Nick. Yeah. And what happened at the wedding? This Doesn't is not go question. so well. He asks her what colour a napkin is. He shouts at her about napkins and leaves. Yeah. Which, I mean, a lot of people can relate to <laughs> weddings. 25th of May, 1966. A pair of common factory workers investigate the pub. Horrifying Annie. Can you name one? Inve- investigate the pub. Well, they the come pub. to see what the pub's get about. Bet. Yeah. Do you, do you know the other person's name? Uh, Can you hazard a guess? Is it a character that I should know the name of? No. I don't know. It's that. a very 60s name. Go on. Scylla. Scylla. No idea. Like Scylla Black. Yeah. Scylla like Brown. Of May. Scylla all the colours. Scylla <laughs> <laughs> White. Scylla, oh, Scylla Black's name was really Scylla White, wasn't it? Isn't that a bit of trivia Literally about Scylla Black? I do not know anything. Should have been called Scylla Ginge. I do not know anything about Scylla. 
Move on, Taylor. move on. I'm on a roll. Come on, come 25th on. of May, yeah, 1981. Annie clashes with which woman who starts to think she owns the place when she moves into the Rovers? 1981? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Can't... No. Eunice, G? Yes! Is it? Oh, brilliant. You're on a roll. I know, yeah, that's good. 25th of May, 2001. Audrey goes up against which other character in an election and changes her mind only to then support their campaign when it's too late to pull out. What year? 2001. She, oh, it's not spoiled because that's happening now. No, yeah, that's happening now on Classic Coronation Street. Who did she go up against in an election? I really can't remember. Um, I'm stalling? I don't know. Curly. Oh, yeah, that's boring. God, Van they're running out of ideas for Curly on Classic Coronation Street at the moment, aren't they? We're a little bit Who ahead on the DVDs. We're, we're about two months ahead, maybe, of where they are on ITV3 at the moment. It's like, yeah, he's going down the pan a bit. 25th of May 2011. Sally turns down a marriage proposal. Who from? 2000. Sorry, I missed that. Um, Kevin? Tim? No. It was Don't Tim, in it? 10 years ago. No, he was not. <laughs> so it wasn't him. Who? Jeff Cullen, agent Who? of Rosie Webster's modelling career. Oh, uh, I don't remember that. 27th of May, 2011. You told me this was an easy quiz earlier today when I asked you. Maybe I meant it was easy for me to write it. <laughs> Listen, I don't know I what you know. I so well. Go on, go on, 27th of May, 2011. Who discovers a body underneath Underworld and whose body is it? Ah, uh, it's, um, it's Colin Fishwick's body. Yes, Who it discovers is. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who discovers it? I thought it was just like a builder. John John goes to dig it up. And Fizz... I don't know. I don't know who discovers it. Owen Armstrong's construction uh, company. Okay, oh, Owen. And John Stape uncovers. Yeah, I know that John went to go and get it. Well, I asked you that. Well, no, I said John went to get it. You said who discovers it. John was the one that put it there. He didn't discover it. He knew it was there. I say... Faulty question. You, all right, well, uh, that's fine. I won't do any more quizzes. No, please, more I quizzes. I can't handle fine. any criticism. 28th of May, 1986. Who does Gerald Hillsley have an affair with? Ian Latimer. That's an easy question. Thank okay. you. Birthdays, 29th of May, Harry Kershaw. Ooh. Um, who is one of the longest-running and most influential writers and producers. He is. He was there right from the start, wasn't he? Alan Igben. He was Tony Stewart the first. Mm-hmm. Adam Rickett. Nick Tilsley the second. Wore a hunk. Wow, I can see why he was hired, and it wasn't for his acting. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, we are in 1998 We're now, not, aren't we? I'm, I'm like, don't criticise many actors on the show, but I feel floppy haired. Free Nick. to. He's just hilariously terrible to watch. He walks around like a T Rex <laughs> with his arms up by his by his nipples, like he's trying to protect them from something. Protect the pecs. George Banks, Henry Newton. Hooray! Happy birthday, George. Everybody, you got to tweet George happy birthday because when What's this podcast his... is coming out, um, then it's the day of his birthday. And as please. we all know, we all want to hashtag bring back Henry. Yeah. So say happy birthday to him, please. What's his... Um... I don't remember what George's Twitter handle is. Well, I'm sure he's easy to find. Request. 30th of May, Sally Devener plays Sally Webster. Ooh. 1st of June, Jeffrey Lisi played Gordon Clegg II. 3rd of June, Michelle Keegan played Tina McIntyre. 4th of June, Edward Evans, who played Lionel Petty. Jack Ellis, who played Harry Mason. Bradley Walsh, who played Danny Baldwin. Sir Stevenson, who played Frankie Baldwin. Wow. Brooke Vincent. Sophie Webster III. 
all have their birthdays on the 4th of June. Congratulations. I've just found out, everybody, if you would like to share me in celebrating George Banks' birthday. Sorry, I'm just on Twitter and covering up a massive spoiler for next week. It's at one George Banks. Everybody, birthday tweet bomb him, please, because we love him. With a tweet? Yeah. Birthday tweet him. Not, but Don't bomb him. Add hashtag bring back Henry to the birthday tweet. Um, yeah, and also, if, um, if you... Uh, send us money and we'll definitely buy him a present. We bought him a present. He's and hopefully... I'm trying to scam him. What are you doing? <laughs> We've got a great present for George. I hope he likes it. Is that it? I don't know. Is that it? Is that all the birthdays? Yeah, I told you. Oh, great. Happy birthday, all those people. Um, well, I think we better get cracking with this week's Coronation Street chatting then. Yeah. Let's move. Yeah? Yeah. You sure? Well, <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, welcome to this week's Streak Talk. And did it fare any better than last week's episode? Yes, I can confirm it did, only just. Although, um, I think for a lot of this week's ep- uh, this week's episodes, I was just a little bit bored. Last week, I, I, I scored it really low because I was angry about Coronation Street. And I certainly wasn't angry this week. But I did think that Monday's and Wednesday's episodes were a little bit slow. Fortunately, there was lots of good stuff to enjoy today. Um, and we're going to start off with the Roger the Lodger story, just because it carries on. You know, that was the main talking point last week. It also um, merged with the Sharon Confidential Information story. So we're going to kind of chat about the Jenny and Johnny and no Jenny and Ronnie and Daisy stuff first. Then we'll go back to everything that Sharon and uh, Harvey and that have been getting up to. And then Jenny can just slide right in there on Friday's episode and we'll chat about it all together. That's going to be um, followed by, I've called the story the troll over, as in... I don't know, roll over maybe. Like, I thought it was like, tr- it's troll over. Troll over, everyone. And also Elaine's gone maybe. I don't know, has she well, left? She, Possibly. She certainly looked like it she looked, was looked, making it a felt big like deal a, about it. It felt like an ending. I don't know, we'll talk about that later. Um, there's been stuff going on with Elena and Evelyn and Tyrone and Bernie this week. I've called this storyline Pop, Shop and Slipping on Slop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hadn't told you that before. I quite like that one. Um, Emma's got a new guy called Curtis. And um, he's going to be a he's doctor. A, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what's their shipping name? I've, at the moment, I've got Curtisy. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Or or, or he's, uh, his name is Curtis de la Mer, which I think is fantastic. So if she um, she ends up marrying him and taking his name, then she'll be Emma de la Mer, which I think is quite cool. So maybe we can call the story Emma, Emma de la Mer. I don't know. That sounds like she, um, a, a Batman character. <laughs> but she did have a bit of a dilemma this week, didn't she? Because, I mean, she was caught between Curtis and Steve, who very coincidentally was cut up by Curtis on his Tour de France trial last week or whatever it was. So when he's called De La Mer, is that like De La Sea or De La Female Horse? Um, I don't think it's either because mare for the sea does not have an E on the end. But who knows? Who knows? Well, um, you've written it like you know how it's spelled. I do know how it's spelled. It's got an E on the end. Did you? I looked it up. You looked up his specific spelling? I did. I did. Oh, sure De enough now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's from, from, from the mother, doesn't it? Which is where we're all from, really. That's going to sort of go to that <laughs> saying, I would have thought. Um, a bit literal, yeah. Then we have I got... am Curtis of woman born. Okay, <laughs> Curtis, calm down. We know you want to be a doctor. <laughs> um, we've got a Reef for Franklin storyline warming up again oh, this week. Oh, that's going to be relevant and next week. Yeah, it, it is at last. I, I did a little Google search just to see if I could find a picture from next week's Coronation Street. It was a bit of a minefield. I wanted to see if I could find a picture of a Reef for Franklin, and I couldn't. Did you? But hopefully there'll be one next week. 
that I can tweet out. How far into the future did you search? What's going on in, say, a decade's time? Did I, you I didn't look that far ahead, oh, I'm afraid. Okay. Uh, and we also had a return today of the stand and deliver, delivered story, um, which is all a bit dull, I thought, but we'll leave that until last anyway and we'll be out of steam by then. Anyway. Who wants to go first? Well, I don't know. As like I said, the Roger the Lodger is fairly short. Um, and then there's the Sharon Corridentions, which is a bit longer. Let me, let me do the Roger the Lodger. because oh. Well, this was the one that I um, I started last week, didn't I? It, quite in a very incensed way. <laughs> you uh, did. I was fairly angry. I'm, I'm glad that um, I did have a few people message me over the course of the week saying they enjoyed um, the, the quality and quantity of my ranting last week. I know that's usually um, kind of your thing, Gemma. Well, we have to have balance, can't we? Don't we? I think... If you were to, if you tuned in and you heard just two people shouting at you about how much they hated the show, might be a bit much. Yeah, you you were you were just rather you know somewhat nonplussed by the story last I week, but entertained by the by my you know how much it made me fume. Restrained. Yeah, but anyway, um, it wasn't so bad this week, I suppose. I know, I still... but that's not what I want from Coronation Street. What do you want? I don't want not so bad. I don't want it want the bad as last week. I want it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> it got good. It got good. But yeah, it did actually. Jenny got bits. right back on my good side this week because she was fantastic on Friday's episode. Yeah. All about Jenny Bradley so is, on Friday. Thank you I very much. You over. I do something naughty, not having an affair. <laughs> but, and then I just shout at you and you, you, you suddenly fall back in love. <laughs> and even even Ronnie did his best in tonight's episode to get in, back into my good books because he said he preferred cats to dogs. So, you know. Here's a question that no, I don't think anyone's ever considered du- during the great cat versus dog debate. Mm. Why not both? I've never understood this. We've always had both when I was a kid. My parents have a cat and a dog. No. Why not both? You got. A... I suppose it's like asking, what would you rather have, money or children? <laughs> you can't oh, have wonder, both. I wonder. I <laughs> wonder. <laughs> and we were talking. We are we having a bit of a debate in, in in school this week about um cats versus dogs because we were talking about animals in French. So it was like tu préfères les chats ou les chiens, and the children were putting their hands up, and I was saying très bien for those ones that were saying les chats. That's that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Roger the Lodger, the two onnies are bonding at the beginning of uh, Monday's What's episode. An onnie, you know, Johnny and Ronnie, the two onnies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're having a bit of a bond over. I don't know, something to do with football anyway. Daisy is watching on, just um, confused. Well, just you know, very know schemingly. Football. And uh, she admits to Ronnie that she knows all about his um, little role in the hay with Jenny last week. Um, also, by the way, can I have some business advice, please? Because she's doing her um, double glamming, isn't she? And she wants well, to get some advice about... him. Basically, she's, yeah, she's blackmailing him to find out some hot business tips from this hotshot rich business Why would dude. Ronnie know anything about how to shift makeup? Well, there's just you know. There's certain things. He's like that, he's, he's like Alan Sugar, isn't he? You can sell no, anything. No, there are certain things that are universal to all businesses. Like like Ronnie, how do I fill out my self-employment tax return? Or Ronnie, do I have to charge VAT if my turnover is under seventy-five thousand pounds? It will be Daisy. Ronnie, can you let me know where best to sell my unisex guy liner in purple? He won't know. I think that he had some contacts or something. I don't know. It was it was kind of a way in that the, the, the Curry shoehorned in for this week. I thought it was fine with it. Um, and, and so Jenny finds out later that Ronnie is indeed mentoring Daisy. Ronnie obviously doesn't seem that into it, but she, she's got him over a um, barrel of Newton and Ridley's, I think. 
Um, and then so at the end of the episode, Jenny has a go at Ronnie and says, oh, what are you up to? Why are you, why are you being so, so pally with Daisy? And he's like, well, she's blackmailing me, actually. I've got no choice. And Jenny says, don't worry, Ronnie. I will deal with him. Her. And her. She is a her. And she she kind of does on Wednesday. So Every time Jenny threatens to have a you know deal with Daisy and to give Daisy a telling off, I always feel that it comes off as a little more restrained than I'd like it to be. That's because what you'd That's like... Because Daisy doesn't be, end up dead. It, yeah, it's for Jenny to just sort of beat her to death with a lacrosset. No, she just needs to turn around and give her the a, a Jenny Bradley death stare... That okay, actually makes actually her drop dead. She yeah. needs to just my little twinkle in her eye. Like she's like Medusa, isn't she? Turn her to stone. Um, anyway, she, <laughs> she 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 kind of catches Daisy. Yeah, but don't forget, Daisy's never without a mirror around, so she'd be fine. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, mm-hmm. very very true indeed. Jenny catches Daisy, kind of blackmailing Ronnie a bit more on Wednesday, and says, "Oh, I never should have should have never taken you, really you in. Need this concealer, Ronnie." <laughs> Um, so yeah. Jenny, to be fair to her, she does. She gets she go and gets Daisy's bags and um, brings them into the into the back room of the Rovers, and she chucks her out. But then flipping Daisy has a wrap right round her little finger. Daisy doesn't appear again at all on tonight's episode, doesn't she? So because I was kind of left wondering at this point, is Daisy having Jenny on? But whether she is or not, Jenny... I know I saw a bit of a split, um, split yeah. opinions here. Like half the pe- half, well, some people seem to think that she was completely sincere and this was all true, and other people thought it was another classic Daisy scam. So what Daisy says, she's like, "Oh, I've got nowhere to go. I've not even spoken to my dad for years. You're the only family I've got." And she has this bit of a heart to heart with Jenny, and I can't tell, which is maybe maybe for the best that I couldn't tell. But she says that after Tom died, and there's a reference we did want Jenny. Yeah. And um, Daisy to mention Tom just last so week's Tom podcast, didn't we? Is Jenny's drowned baby with um, Daisy's dad? So Daisy is Jenny's stepdaughter. Jenny had a baby with her dad, and then the baby died, and Jenny went crazy and left. Yes. So, but and it also it seems that Mister Midgley, who doesn't have a name, I don't think he's he's down as Mister Midgley on Corypedia, and I don't remember there being a name. Maybe he's going to be brought in as Frank a, is a good name. Frank Midgley. Um, he he also went a little bit off the rails after Tom died, and he's and she says, "Oh, it's like he resented me for being alive." And then when you left Jenny, it got worse. And and Jenny is like totally sympathetic. Well, this is all very plausible. I know, I know, it is because if you had, you know, if you had the slightest excuse to get rid of Daisy, you you might take it. <laughs> Sorry, Daisy, I can't see you because I'm so sad. Yeah, get lost. Then then he gets this new girlfriend, the marvelous Marina. She calls her. Then she gets pregnant. Oh, Daisy goes down exactly the pecking order again. Marina um, again, gives believable. birth. They get married, and Jenny and Daisy is basically just pushed further and further out of the family until she's basically estranged from Daisy, the whole lot of them. Is it that you are living at your parents' house when you're twenty five? And they've got a baby and they don't want you there. It could well be that, yeah. I mean, no, a fair play to anyone who lives with their parents. Uh, I think it's a great way of saving money. <laughs> but you also can't get too mad when they kind of want you to leave so they can shag. Yes. So Day- Jenny at the end of this says, OK, Daisy, you can stay. Uh, but I'm keeping you on a tight leash. Which I think was a phrase that they ended up getting into the script twice on Wednesday. It was a bit weird. And Daisy says, all right, I promise not to pull any more daft stunts. So... Is this enough character development and motivation for Daisy for having been a massive cowbag for the past six months? I don't I'm see not why convinced. Why can't she just be a cowbag? What's wrong with being a cowbag? I manage it. I haven't got a, a traumatic past or a harrowing <laughs> backstory. I'm just 
just a bitch. Did you think that she was telling the truth or was was this a lie? It never really occurred to me to think that she wasn't telling the truth, to be honest. This all just sounds plausible. I think really the question is not so much um, was, you know, did this happen? But rather, did Daisy actually care as much as she's saying that she does? And is she just using it as an excuse to... To, to get Jenny sympathy because you know sometimes bad things happen to you and it, you know some people it's water for ducks back mm. uh, I think I think it's definitely an argument to be made there that perhaps Daisy's a bit of a narcissist and she might very well have decided that she was being left out of things or looked down on just because she wasn't the centre of attention 24-7. Yeah. Oh, does, does this go any way to explaining, you know, how she's been treating Johnny? Is, is like she's saying that when this Marina moved in on her dad, Could she was be. ousted and she's... Yeah, I never thought of it And she's way. saying, well, I, I want Jenny all to myself. I don't want Johnny to... I mean, not that, not that I've had anything to do with Jenny at all the last five or six years. And in it's fact, I was only like mentioned about a week before I rocked up on the cobbles last year. But it could be, but then maybe she needed to be more explicit about it. Or, or maybe that would have been too obvious. I don't know. What do you mean? Could, could, could Jenny have said, is this, is this why you've been so mean to, to Johnny? Or yeah, is this this, what? the Johnny hate makes sense from that perspective, but only, it, nothing in the script sort of informs that. That's, that's a really good call from you. But okay. the script doesn't, hasn't given us anything to indicate that's true. No. So if it is true, it's kind of a get out of jail free card. Yeah. I guess it could go some way to explaining her insecurities. I, I just almost wish that it had come a little bit sooner because I, I've... I don't think Daisy's been so awful. Why? I don't get it. She's, nasty for six months. Why do you hate her so much? She's just... She's just... She's just really, really... Well, narcissistic, as you said, is the right way. I like an, a good and she antagonist. Was, she's been incredibly, incredibly one-dimensional and now maybe she's two millimetres thick. Mean. Um, I don't have a problem with her. I think she's fine. I, I really wanted to like her when she came in and... and I, I am giving her the benefit of the doubt with this. I will say, if she what she like says is true, if what she says is true, and she reins it in a little bit, then then fine. If this has given her a little bit of depth to character, if she can do anything other than mm. be nasty, say, "Oh, Jenny, you and Johnny should split up," or make these snide remarks every time Johnny yeah. and uh, Ronnie and Jenny are sitting next to each other and mm. giving these looks and going and pursing her lips, they if really it, need to join up the dots between what she just said and why she hates Johnny. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think, I believe what she said. I don't believe that she was that emotionally invested and it was more of an ego, it was more of an ego damage than, um, than, you know, hurt feelings. And mm. so I believe her, but I don't believe that she was emotionally as affected as she is claiming to be. Uh, my, it, it, fe- it really felt to me that she was just desperately trying to save herself from being thrown out. Yeah. Because but she she's got but, nowhere to go. But then I don't yeah. think it as somebody, a girl like her, I don't think it would take her too long to find somewhere else, to be honest. She just needs know, to go but, to the, the next bar and go along to the weather arms, batter her eyelashes at someone, and yes, there you go, she's sorted. A girl, if you're, are you saying because she's an attractive girl and she's young? I hadn't noticed. Well, you know, it, it's very easy to say, oh, you she'll fall on her feet because she's good looking, but she could all, equally fall into desperate straits just because of that very fact as well. Mm. She's she's manipulative enough that she'd be able to get herself with any guy she wants, a click of her fingers, I think. But, you know, maybe, 
maybe it's good that she decided she she did want to stay at the Rovers because she must have some sort of affection for Jenny. It's just she she's expressing it in not the best ways. Right. So yeah, I, I I I'm very interested to see if there is any kind of character change at all. I'm not expecting a reformed character. I just want someone with a little bit of depth because nobody in I real don't want life to be nice. is a hundred percent bitch. I'm not saying I wanted to be nice. And when when she first came into it and she was all fiery and minxy, I was like, ha, this could be fun. But then when it turned out that's all she was, I got bored of it. Definitely keep this element to her character but give her a bit of something else as well. And if all we've got is that scene and then future um future scenes with Daisy and she's exactly the same as she was before, then yeah. it feels like... You're going you're gonna to quit. It's just gone back on itself. So th- this is good that they've given us some character. Let's build on it now, please. Mm. Um, so we'll come back to the, um, the Jenny stuff later. We'll move, if we move on to the Sharon confidential information story. As I Everyone said, is dying up. for us to, to pick this up because the what? last we saw of this story, Sam was stuck in a van. Oh, what a naff resolution that had. He's asleep in the van on Monday. Platts are worrying. Sharon comes around. Oh, have the police been in touch? No. Natasha um, texts Nick to let him know there's been no news because she's obviously had noticed by this point. Yeah, Nick, Nick's still with uh, Leanne and Simon at this point, isn't Nick's he? Nick's gone off to help the ser- with the search, but he says, um, I-, I don't I don't know if I can come back until after the trial. Because if, if, I, if I did, that, that would defeat the purpose of us hiding at all. Yes, Leanne. Sam finds some sandwiches and things. Yes, yeah, uh, Sharon seems to have left him some lunch. Lovely. And a little Trevor Bayliss wind-up radio. She's got a heart in there. <laughs> she doesn't want to do this. I'm when just doing said, it for half When you said a little Trevor Bayliss... What's Trevor Bayliss? That's the inventor of the clockwork radio, Sam said. Oh. He used to do the invention spot See, on the big I am, breakfast. I am incredibly... I'm incredibly... Anyone else remember that? Uncultured, because when you said Simon Bayliss, what... I thought you were Trevor getting, Bayliss. Trevor Bayliss. I don't even know his name. And then you <laughs> said, what... I thought you were going to say, like, wine, like a mini wine. No. That would that would pass the time. <laughs> um, so he's he's fine now. Don't worry about him. DS Podmore comes into the cabin looking for Sharon. DS Bill Podmore. <laughs> What's your relationship with Harvey Gaskell? And she's like, oh, he's my nephew. Oh, I just visited him last week, and he's like. Hmm, I'm just checking all the possibilities to find out what's going on. Very suspicious, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Sharon sees Nick secretly coming home in a taxi. I mean, you've written secretly, but what? <laughs> he had his hood up. Okay. <laughs> she phones Harvey and says, right, we don't need Sam anymore. Let's get rid of him. I mean, they could have driven him in, into the canal, but they didn't. No. Because you know what? That, that telescope actually is quite worth quite a bit of money <laughs> I can just imagine Sam being frustrated that he was locked in I'm surprised they didn't write this into the script like when they when they released Sam he would have gone oh I'm just so really sad because I was locked in there and that it was the perfect location to be able to see Ursa Minor with that telescope <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the telescope did he get to keep it he should get to do you think that when you get locked in a van overnight the police let you keep one thing from in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's like the, the telescope or the roundup radio. <laughs> or the little poo that you left in the bucket. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> He's been in there overnight, Michael. We don't know. That's true. I know from experience that nine-year-old children can't hold their toileting. Sam also strikes me as the sort of chap who's regular. You reckon? Uh, he looks like diary. an old bran eater for breakfast, does, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, no cocoa pops <laughs> it, for him. It's for my health. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... 
Natasha comes around number eight and has a go at Nick and says, I can't believe that you've, you've brought this dodginess into poor Sam's life. Um, I know that you think that this is related to the drug stuff that's going on. Um, then Sam hears the, the van moving again. He shouts for help. There's no answers. The police come over. Natasha thinks it's bad news, but um, she's got to wait half an hour because there's a break. Um, she learns about all the things she wants to buy. And I think probably Alan Titchmarsh tells her about how to make over a garden, but I don't know <laughs> what was on. Um, they say... First, step one, fill in the sinkhole. <laughs> I think Alan Titchmarsh could make a quite nice feature out of that, couldn't they? We've decided a bit to of crazy a, paving a, around a the outside. pond into this giant sinkhole. Um, so he's in hospital. He's okay. Um, Natasha and Nick go to see him, and he says what's happened, and he is now obsessed with Weatherfield County, formed in eighteen eighty eight. After listening to them on the radio, don't give away Rick Nealon's security number, his pin number over the podcast, Gemma. That's, <laughs> that's confidential information. <laughs> Gary's got his cash in that safe, remember? So, so... I wanted to go back, but I couldn't be bothered to check whether they were consistent about the date of the foundation of... Um, Did he say 1888? It was something like that. I only ever said that because that's when Jack the Ripper was uh, killing people. <laughs> and that's the only date I ever remember, apart from the World Wars. Um, I, so, this teaches me something that I think is relevant for us as podcasters. Mm. If you want to ensure the future of this show, what we need to do is kidnap a bunch of nine-year-olds and stick them in a van and play them a <laughs> yeah. podcast. We've got, to think, we've got to think about our, uh, the longevity of the podcast. We do. We and Coronation to... Street does it by making storylines about teens. That's how they attract we the youth to, get... to the show. Yeah, I mean, the other option is to get, like, a youth reporter. But yeah. I, don't, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just kidnap some children. I like that. That's, like, yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so, um... I know, I know where we can go. So, <laughs> Um, Nick tells Sam he's going to go back to the hideout, says, I'll be careful. Sam and Natasha say goodbye. Nick gets into a taxi. Guess who it is? It's character of the week from last week. Bido Van Man. Bido Van Man, he's back. I was so pleased to see him. Yep. He says, um, listen, Nick, pay very close attention. I'm giving you the phone number for Harvey. <laughs> Gemma, Gemma didn't get... I, to, be, to be fair, I hold my hands up. I also forgot because we were wondering on Wednesday how did Leanne know Harvey's number? So I just did an innocent tweet. How, blah, blah, blah. How did he find... How did he find the number? How did she find how the number? How did she find the number? Um, once you see on Twitter one person replies with the correct answer, you don't need to say it because I got about 20 <laughs> people... <laughs> Also, somebody going, oh, duh, <laughs> which is which was lovely. Oh, I hate it when we don't. When we don't. It, Listen, how many times on here have I explained something that I'm? I don't know if people get or like make sure that people we explain something because people might have missed it. And then would this would the courtesy be extended to us? No, <laughs> no way, because we're professional podcasters and we should always know everything that's happening. Apparently. Mm. Anyway, thank you to everybody that have told us who, what, uh, what happened there. Promise to pay there. more attention next week. It's easy to this miss these things. It's easy to miss these things. So he says, um, if Leanne and Simon don't withdraw their statements, Sam's going to go missing again, which really, you know, is making massive assumptions about Natasha's helicopter parenting from now on. Because I, I really don't think that she's going to let Sam out of her sight for the next 20 years. Good luck, Sam's future boy or girlfriend. <laughs> um... Sam's going to go missing again, and this time it's for good. So he gives him the phone number and says... Um, well, he gives him a phone number and a phone, doesn't he? You get, he's got a burner phone now, hasn't mm. Nick? How, uh, is, is Harvey's phone a burner phone? Because oh, that sounds like, oh, ring of fire sort of material there. 
<laughs> any phones have burned a phone if you've had a bindaloo and you stick it out there. <laughs> on Wednesday, Nick tells... I don't think they serve bindaloo in prison. How would you know? I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm mentoring one of the inmates. <laughs> I think they give them curry. I don't know, not bindaloo though. Well, is it... Riles them up. We asked you last week if you've been inside. Oh no, we didn't. In the bonus episode, we asked this you. This week. Um, so again, we we appeal to all of our um, our dodgy listeners, our ex cons. <laughs> do they let you eat vindaloo in prison <laughs> on Wednesday? Nick tells David about the kidnap and beardy threat, and he doesn't know what to do about it. Then David is a massive hanger honor on this story, isn't he? They're just like occasionally throwing Jack P. Shepherd into a scene to say nothing much really and he always looks like he's just kind of woken up from a nap I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what Jackie Shepard is channeling or if he just just goes to the green room and sleeps I don't know but it's 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 an odd time when David isn't like a main character, character and is a side character in a Platt story like he yeah. he really he's he's been underused this past year hasn't he it is true I mean there yeah. was there was a story with um with Shona getting shot in a box and then being a nutcase and, and then David that stigmatising language I've already said gone crazy and you went off the rails. David um, riling up local um, yobbos and getting chased by them. But it really feels like David is, you know, having a bit of a breather. I mean, fair play to him. Jack P. Shepard has been playing a blinder these past however long he's been in it. But I, I need him to come back in the second half of 2021 or at least 2022 at the latest. Let's get going with the proper David story, please, Corey. He, d- he didn't even get a nomination in the NTAs. I can't believe it. They get it to Charlie DeMello for heaven's sake. I mean, what come on. What is that about, I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy about that, obviously. Um, David, no. Nick tells Leanne on the phone that he needs to stay in Coronation Street as long as possible because he doesn't want to go back to her because of Sam and it's too risky. So what does Leanne do? <laughs> What's that you say? Danger. There's danger afoot. And and the the criminals are circling Coronation Street. Let me come and Leanne see for and myself. Nick deserve to be found by these gangsters, quite frankly. She turns up. She take fair play to her, Michael. She cut, She uses the back door. She does. She goes in through she the. Some, uh, she manages to avoid falling in the sinkhole. Yes, yeah, treacherous that. Turns up and she says, "I've left Simon at the hideout," which was a very Batsby thing to call it. Um, and she's not disguised. She hasn't made any effort to, to sort of conceal her no, face. No, she's just kind of looking a You'd bit You'd think first, during yeah. a pandemic you might wear a mask on your face that says, I'm definitely not Leanne Battersby <laughs> or, or something. Or maybe something really boring and political that would be good to sort of make people avoid looking at you. Like um, women's rights. Mm. That would definitely make any any goon of, of Harvey's just go, he's that. <laughs> don't you think um she says i was thinking of withdrawing my statement but i need to speak to imran first so imran turns up it looks like he's also come in the back door and says you're nuts <laughs> what are you doing it again stigmatizing language so very, very bad um and he didn't say that no, i just say, he just said it's and I went, you're nuts <laughs> He probably said something very loyally, like, I do not advise that you return to the house. Um, Apparently, he says to to them, they can still use your original statement in court, even if you refuse to testify, testify, but what you could do is say that your original statement was wrong, but then you might be uh, charged with perjury 
and she's like, oh, what do I do? I don't understand why she doesn't phone him up and go, I'm not going to I'm not going to testify in court and let him deal with all the problems about the original statements and stuff, because he never said you you have to withdraw. Did he say you have to withdraw your original statement? Why can't she just phone Natasha and go, listen, lock your bloody kid up, mate. You're causing me aggro here. Can't you bugger off back to London or something? <laughs> yeah. There's I no, don't think no gangsters in London. The problem-solving issue here is that you're just letting... Um, you're letting... Uh, what's this? Sam run around offering money to men with vans to buy their telescopes off them. <laughs> I think he should go back to state, um, Stranger Danger School. Yeah. Uh, so anyway... Um, and that's, this is when Harvey gets on the phone with Leanne. She gives him a buzz, yeah. doesn't she? she phones him like, up. what's that? <laughs> she says, I'm going to say my statement was wrong, but you've got to leave my family alone. And he says... Well, okay, how, I promise. Well, he says, how do I know? And she says, well, I have to trust each other. It's like, this is, this is dumb, honestly. Why... Are d- Ugh, really? How how long have you been hiding out in your little hideout um, away from your friends and family? All this dramatic, like, hair-tossing, like, leaving scenes that you had, and then you buggered off, and poor Simon's had to delete his gamer tag, and now you're like, okay, well, fine, if you nix, if you nix Sam for, for overnight, then we're... Mm. Why doesn't anybody go to the police? This is the craziest thing. I don't understand. She nearly did. Natasha so was the only did. one talking sense on Wednesday, this was wasn't dumb. she? Um, so she said, right, we'll trust each other. And Natasha comes in because Shane has told her everything. Um, and Nick says, I'm so sorry, but what you're doing for the, is for the best and we didn't want you to find out. And Natasha says, no way. I want the person who kidnapped my son locked up. I'm going to tell the police if you don't. Because up to this point, they didn't know that he'd been kidnapped. They just thought he was so dumb that he went into the back of a van. Mm. And so they, you know... She's furious because she knows that her son's actually been kidnapped. Shona comes home and Nick has a go at her for splitting the bees and says she's made it worse. And so Shona goes off to to confront Natasha and ask her to not tell the police. And she catches her in the police station and tries to talk her out of it. Um, It 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 feels to me like that happens, you know... Not infrequently that somebody goes to this? that poor desk sergeant. I oh, I thought desk I had a friend. sergeant is not doing a good job here because what he needs to do is say, "Hello, how can I help you?" And they say, "I'm here to see the police." And he says, "Yes, I know. You're in a police station. What do you want?" And then he makes them write it down. The amount of times they come in and say, "Oh, I, I'm just, I, I've got to tell you something," and he's like, "Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I'm not a main character. Sit down. Otherwise, you'll have to explain it twice, and the audience will get will get irate." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He needs to get them to say what they actually want. You can't just walk into a police station and have a nice sit down on their little chairs, reading the leaflets. Yeah, going, "Oh, burglaries, Ooh, drugs." Oh. Talk to Frank. Mm. So. She talks to um, Natasha and Natasha's like, yeah, there's there's nothing I, um, nothing about the situation that seems off to me. And I definitely listen to a woman with brain damage when she gives me life <laughs> advice about my child being kidnapped by a drug dealer. Natasha really looked like she had her head screwed on up until this point, didn't she? Now she's like, yeah, you know what? So Sharon talks to Shona in the pub about what's going on to get a bit more information. Natasha wants to speak to Nick alone later. She's frantic. She says, I'm going to take Sam out of school and homeschool him. You're not seeing him again. And don't try to get in touch ever again. You're no good for him. So what's in it for her? This is my question. What is in it for her 
to why did Shona manage how did Shona manage to convince her it doesn't make any sense there's no way Shona would have convinced her to put her son's life in danger no from what we've seen from Natasha so far apart from the fact that Natasha abandoned her son for a couple of months at the beginning of this year apart from that we've seen that she's been a quite protective lioness sort of mother isn't she and he's her only child yeah and he's obviously and she's she's single mothered him for the past nine ten years yeah They've got a really deep bond, these two, and he she got he got kidnapped overnight and had to eat sandwiches for his dinner, and breakfast, and tea, <laughs> and and she's just letting letting Shona say, oh oh don't just don't don't tell anybody it's a secret. Mm. Because they they're gonna they the drug dealer says he won't kidnap him again now. I know it's a done thing not in Coronation nonsense. Street if there's some kind of major crime going on to not tell the police. But Natasha's not really been in it much. I don't think. Also, I don't think she's a proper soap character yet. Yeah. she's still got an ounce of common sense. Goody two shoes as well. Yeah. Where where do you think Sam gets it from? Mm. Ain't from Nick, is it? It's not <laughs> genetic. Right. So on Friday. Um, this, this is when we pick back up with the... What's been going on at Rovers? The Onnies, uh, as well. Johnny is just boasting about what a great shag he had last night in front of Jenny. Good job it was with her. <laughs> um, he's just spread out on the sofa with his dressing gown on, feeling very pleased with himself. Um, Jenny, uh, Ronnie comes in and um, Jenny tries to get rid of her, him, but he's, you know... Uh, Johnny's invited him to stay, so there's nothing she can really do. And she says, I think Johnny's gone by. Yeah, this Johnny, point. Johnny leaves. And Jenny says um, to Ronnie that she. Yeah, she, so I think, yeah, Johnny has to leave because she's like, you remember that thing that we did last week? You know. Wink, wink. Um, Daisy knows. But I've had words, so it's fine. You need to leave. Yes. Give me some space. Sharon tells Gemma that she's going home because her business partner needs her, and she's like, my work here is done. Because she thinks everything's fine and hunky-dory now that Harvey has got his way and she can return to her normal life of, I guess, drug dealing. And her little dog, which she's apparently got. She can bring her dog with her. Ask Elaine. Yeah. Gemma says, oh, you need her goodbye lunch in the Rovers. So she goes to prison. No, she doesn't. I thought she was on the phone. No, no, she goes to see Harvey. She tells Harvey. She goes and sees him. And... Um, the mission was successful. I'm going back home. And he says, no, you're not. You got to wait till the trial, and if if this doesn't work, I'm gonna get sixteen years inside. So you got to make sure that it does. So she turns up to the pub, and Jenny's like super thrilled, and she's got a bucket of champagne ready to celebrate. Sharon buggering off, and she says, "Oh, guess what? I'm not going anywhere." Jenny's brilliant. From this point onwards, Jenny was just prime Bradley. I, I loved it, and you know yeah. she's one of my favorite characters anyway. But this was everything from this point onwards, absolutely adored. And in, even in this scene where she, you could tell that she was like smiling through gritted teeth behind that face mask I when know. Sharon's this like, "Actually, really I'm good... not going." And Jenny's like, "Oh, how wonderful!" This was an excellent demonstration of like the talent of the actors in this scene, and also all, most so of the other scenes fun. where they've 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 managed to sort of um, portray very complex emotions with just their eyes. Um, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Loved it. Is it Tyra Banks? Is she Tyra Banks? Is she that famous model? She'd be proud. <laughs> is she the one that says you've got a smize? I don't know what on earth you're talking about. Smize, Michael. Can you say I'm doing it to you now? No. It's smiling with your eyes. Oh, oh okay. Smize. <laughs> so um, Jenny smizes at her, but she's secretly mad. Um, so she gets left alone with Sharon later, and Jenny says, Right, what's really going on? 
And Sharon says, actually, I lied for no... She doesn't explain why she lied. She says, Ruta just loves me being here. And I didn't want to tell you that why. Yeah, because she comes in... So when she comes into the Rovers and says, I'm not actually going, she's... Her excuse at that point is her business partner has decided yeah, that she doesn't that. actually need her back. Yeah, she? that's right. Yeah, my business partner is fine, um, but actually secretly don't tell anybody, but Rita is enjoying my company. <laughs> and that didn't Rita's sense. like, don't tell anybody uh, because you're really cramping my style. I want everyone <laughs> to think I'm a lonely old woman. Because actually that makes sense because then she doesn't get the vodka tonic. Very true, very true. <laughs> Johnny comes in. Oh, it's you, Sharon. I I recognise you. I don't know where from. Um, guess what? I'm in remission. Sharon's obviously been doing some very excellent loitering this past week because Johnny's been out of prison for you know a week and a half now, and today was the first day that he's he's seen her. So yeah. her lurking in the shadows must Working have paid off well. Treat. Um, Jenny sees Ronnie schmoozing with Sharon in the bistro later. Does not like this because she's there to have a lovely meal with Johnny to celebrate his remission and. She, he suddenly says, I know where I've seen you. Prison. And I thought this was a bit... I think this is a an ex-con faux pas. I think that once you've been in prison, if you recognise someone from prison, you don't say it out loud, especially in public. I think uh, there's Johnny, probably like a special nod or a wink that you do. Johnny wasn't in long enough to pick up all the, the, all the, lingo, know, the social it? etiquette around that. <laughs> it's like when you, you're not supposed to ask what you're in for. Because uh. that's a faux pas too. And uh, I guess the difference between making one on the inside and on the outside is that you don't get your head flushed down the toilet. You... <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I recognise you from... You've moved it, I don't know where it is. Yeah, he says you've been in prison and she's like, she's like, yes, I mentor. I was mentoring. I've got a phone call. I'm leaving, which was actually Harvey. So Johnny says, uh, I think she's lying because I don't remember there being a mentoring scheme. And I was thinking, this is such a dumb thing as well because it's like somebody telling me that they go to your school to read to the children at lunchtime and me going, that sounds legit. And then mentioning it to you and you going, no, that... No, we're not allowed parents in at the moment, illegal. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, high food, yeah, so, so Jenny confronts Sharon. She goes outside and Sharon's like, okay, Harvey. Um, and she says... You're lying. Highfield doesn't do a mentor scheme. What are you up to? I loved how they mentioned they called it Highfield like two or three times today. And in the bonus episode of the podcast, all about prisons that we've already recorded, I think one of the things we say is, we know it's called Highfield Prison, but they never actually call it that on screen. We just got that from Coropedia. And today they did mention it. Sometimes I'm convinced that our podcast gets broadcast directly into some of the writers brains so they hear I it wish. and then they say well screw them, I'm gonna, I'm gonna them <laughs> yeah. like a pair of idiots <laughs> so what are you up to and sharon says um you can talk you're alan bradley's daughter um bye yeah she just says i'm not telling you sod off business, i don't need to answer to you missus yeah um, Ronnie comes out and says, oh, you should rise above it. Jenny doesn't. Good for you. She asked J- J- Gary to do some snoof- Jenny snooping. Jenny is on the case. Yeah, she's, she's Detective Jenny Bradley, um, OTV's latest uh, <laughs> detective with a grisly past and a Fabulous arched haircut. eyebrow. So she says, um, can you find out about this Harvey guy? And, Gary. Yeah. Are there any links to Sharon Bentley? <laughs> but to be fair though Gary's detective work involves exactly what she could have done which is going on Instagram as far as I can tell 
We'll find out about that in a minute, though. Veronica goes after Sharon, saying, oh, are you all right? We were getting on really well. And she goes, no, um, I'm not interested in you. Go, And she leaves. Um, she, Ronnie goes back to the pub and says, I asked Sharon, and she wouldn't tell me anything. And I know that you're annoyed by her. And she, Jenny says, well, anyway, thank you for trying. Then Jenny has another confrontation in the street with this Sharon. This was brilliant. Um, he's, he's trying to <laughs> trying to scuttle off home with a Savaloy for Rita, she says. And um, Jenny says, Jenny's kind of asking her all these questions. And Sharon says, oh, you can talk. You're, uh, I could see you and Ronnie. Uh, you've been together. Yeah, well, you she, she mentioned something like, oh, your boyfriend came over to see me yeah. earlier. You better keep your nose out unless you want me to tell everybody what your secret is. And Jenny's like, oh. <gasps> the, the, the Jenny was caught on the back foot there, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. She was definitely, um, you know, she was the one... Oh, what's the phrase? I've forgotten what I was going to say. Confronting her. Yeah, she 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 was she was in the, she was winning the argument basically, wasn't yeah, she? she? Suddenly, yeah. She did a judo flip. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was, it was really brilliant. good. I really like um, Jenny and Sharon arguments because they're both so quick and fiery. Mm. They're both really fun to watch as actresses. They both got these really great facial expressions, and I just also love this kind of like Rita's heritage of this fiery no-nonsense taking lady who has barneys in the street mm. just kind of like being transmitted um through the fostering <laughs> system and one of the things that um sharon was saying was like oh whatever whatever happens i got there first or yeah something. i know the jealousy and the rivalry between these two uh foster daughters for rita is really this funny. is what i wanted to say yeah when when Finally i knew that uh, tracy was going back to the street Tracy Bennett. Uh, Gary returns to see uh, Jenny. He's got some screenshots from Harvey's socials. Guess what? He's only going to put a picture of himself and Sharon on Instagram. I wonder what the hashtags were. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag drug dealing. Hashtag DM me. Um, Jenny gets Rita round somehow. I don't. Around the back. She comes around the back. No, I mean I, it's. Well, I just feel like I don't see Rita in that set very much. No, no, no re- Well, no, no reason that she's been in there. But she yeah. sneaks in after dark to she get a couple of bodies. Take a few tots and fill it back up with yeah. water and hope that the uh, the old what you call it weights and measures people don't come around because <laughs> that's always a, a risk. It was great to see Rita again because she she had been like severely underused since Sharon has come back. She got to, she was there for her first couple of episodes, wasn't she? And that's ever since then, it's been Sharon in the cabin with Rita, you know, upstairs or something. So it was nice to see Rita again, although I was a little bit disappointed with how um, trusting and, and blind and naive Rita was when Jenny, you know, confronts her with what she's just well, discovered about her. Well, to be her. fair, this, this, this was a thing, this is the thing that annoys me in TV shows. And it happens quite often when somebody needs to convince somebody else of of sort of a shocking thing to get them on their side, and they just do an absolute mess of it. Rita Rita comes in, and Jenny's like, "Oh, guess what? Um, Harvey is a criminal, and Sharon is his his aunt." And she Rita's says, like, "She so says what? Sharon's nephew is a drug dealer." And Rita's like, say what? I knew that she was from a rough family when I adopted her. Same with you. You, you know, your dad was tried to kill me. What are we doing here? <laughs> but Jenny doesn't really try very hard this to convince her. Is what you were saying? She just kind of goes, yeah. oh, okay. Well, if you're not going to get mad about it, she doesn't tell her why to get mad about it. Because to be honest, actually, Jenny doesn't really know what I either. No, <laughs> she just I, doesn't like Sharon. I don't think that. 
that, that everything that Harvey's been up to is, is common knowledge on the street, is it? No, because Jenny's no, got no way of finding out that um, that Nick and Leanne are in hiding. Because, number one, they've been running around the street all week. <laughs> um, and they, also, I don't know whether it's common knowledge that Sam was kidnapped. And it certainly isn't common knowledge that um, Leanne and Nick are going to testify against Harvey in a trial. Mm. I don't know what they know about Harvey at all. No. Although also, I mean, the Platts have been very loose-lipped about the whole thing, haven't they? So it wouldn't surprise me if if Gail hasn't come in and told someone else or shown her, yeah. So anyway, um, (laughs) Rita's like, whatever. Maybe she didn't mention that she had a drug-dealing nephew because she was ashamed of it. See you later. So Rita goes home and says, guess what? Um, I know about your nephew. And Charles like, what do you know? What do you know about it? And Rita says, don't worry about it. Every family's got their skeletons. And Sharon says, who told you? And then she looks at the robes and goes, I know who told you. And then, and then what? The, the whole they, thi- then they go inside. Yeah, but the whole episode ends with Rita saying something philosophical. I don't remember what it is. Like, oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say one thing about this week. I think I know what you're going to say. Go for it. Many, what, really? You're going to talk about the ends of scenes. Many scenes this week ended in a really abrupt and bizarre way. Yeah, it was noticeable, wasn't it? I don't know what was going on, whether there was something different with editing or it wasn't all the same director. Yeah, were they, were they snipping something they to just, save time or suddenly something? Suddenly just but... went, that's the end of that scene, next scene. Yeah. Lots of... You, it's, it's very like subtle, a... the way that scenes conclude. But when that when that sort of cue to the, to the viewer that they're about to stop watching something happen and something new is going to happen, when that's missing really kind of gets you on the back foot. I don't know if other people noticed this or it was me. No, I, know, I mean, <laughs> I, I might not have noticed it if you hadn't mentioned it, but once you had mentioned it, then I was, noticed, I was spotting it too. Yeah, because whenever a scene ends in a really weird way, I always go, anyway. End of scene. Well, it's the same as when they have two characters speaking on the phone and they, put, they finish their conversation and then they just put the phone down without saying yeah. goodbye. Nobody ever says goodbye on the phone in Coronation Street. Has anyone else noticed but, that? Yeah, but... The... And usually when they do that, we're watching it and go... Bye. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> but my my counter argument to what you just said, though, I don't want to watch the equivalent of like twenty minutes a year of people going bye then, bye, hi there, hi hi Harvey. Yeah, um, so they're not going to testify. Just to let you know. Oh, you want you want me to stay here? Okay. All right. Well, it's nice talking to you. Okay. Bye. No, you put the phone down. Okay. <laughs> bye. All right then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I will. Okay. Yeah. You too. Yeah, love you. Okay, bye. Okay, oh, yep. Mm-hmm. No, no, I didn't speak to her. Anyway, I'll see you later. I've got to go now. Sorry, Harvey. Sorry, I've got to go. Harvey, bye-bye. See you later. Okay, Harvey, bye. Okay, bye. I think I know why Harvey doesn't want to put the phone down. He's just delaying <laughs> the inevitable, isn't he? <laughs> so rude. Is that our fault? I don't know where this even came from. It's been a podcast thing it's for a, a long time. Um Anyway, yeah, really great stuff towards the end of the week. This was Jenny back on fine form, I have to say, and I really, really hope it carries on till next week. Now, obviously, next week's Coronation Street is the 9pm Not Britain's Got Talent Week week, isn't it? It's the Masked Singer are final you week. To, are you trying to suggest that Britain doesn't have talent anymore? Not this year. Oh. Um, it's, no, it's, it needs to cover itself in a mask. Um, but, yeah, so, so it feels like... It, that surely this is going to come to some kind of head, some kind of conclusion next week. And um, I hope that that Jenny carries on. And, and I'd love it if she was the one that cracked the case. Jenny Even though she ha- doesn't really deserve to, to be fair, because she's been not very much to do with this storyline up until today, really. 
Jenny with a purpose is fun to watch when she's got B in her bonnet, especially when she's got a grudge. Um, because really, she yeah, she hasn't quite put everything together yet about why this is such a big deal that Harvey is um, Sharon's nephew. Mm. I'm just trying to. I'm just wondering whether we're, we're missing something here about about what's going on. But I'm fairly sure that Nick and Leanne have have kept this really secret as far as you can have a secret on a soap that you tell everybody about. Yeah. It's good. I mean, I guess it will just you know get out and get to them next week. I don't really know how, but I don't think it particularly matters either way. But I I expect that, yeah, that this link's going to be made more common knowledge. And I mean, once once it comes I'm out, of, I'm kind of sad in a way that we could be soon saying goodbye to Sharon. Yeah, it, because once it once this comes out, they're all gonna know who has been meddling and then who arranged for Sam to be kidnapped, et cetera, et cetera. Why she's been hanging around and asking all these questions. To be fair, the, 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 somebody should have picked up on that so far because she's not been particularly subtle about it, has she? No. Um, yeah, so it's, that's that's going to come out and, um, yeah, it, exciting stuff. But if, if it, we had... How long has she been in it now? Four weeks or so, maybe? Sharon? I, I It kind of feel, felt to me, and maybe I was just hoping that her stint would last a little bit longer, but... I suppose she could still hang around for a little bit. I don't want her to be... I don't think I really want her to be rehabilitated like like Debbie was because then it would feel like a bit of a cop-out. It's sad that she can't be because I would I would love for her to stay. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be... You know, we'll be saying ta chuck to Sharon fairly soon, unfortunately. How did you find about how um, Jenny found out with the socials thing? I, I was expecting... Gary to do a bit of research and say, oh, there's a guy in there called Harvey Gaskell and somebody would make the link with a surname. I think that it might... It was really weird that he just went, yeah, Jenny. Because Jenny knows how to use the internet. I think... I think I mean, he, the, the did thing, he say that he... Did he, he knows him from inside and somehow... <laughs> this is the thing, right? He, he obviously knows Harvey, so he knows what he looks like. But how did he find... Unless his name's like at Harvey Drug Druggy or something... How did he find him on Instagram? Do they sit around in prison and go, yeah, man, what's your, what's your like, Instagram? Because I'll follow I'll you. I'll follow you when I get out. But you got to follow... No, I'll follow you on my bum phone. You follow me back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like all yeah, your posts. Yeah, they need to wait till they get out. I like they? all your posts. You like mine. Otherwise, what's the point? No, I, th- I think they might have explained it. I can't remember. But I, yeah, I, I think it would have been better if he'd have said, oh, yeah, there is somebody called Harvey in there. He's called Harvey Gaskell. And Jenny goes, Gaskell, hang on a minute. That would have made hmm. more sense. But you know, this is this is the twenty first century, and it's Gaskell, all about social. That makes these sense. Days. I'll look it up on Instagram. Oh my god! Mm. Now I know where she gets her hair done. <laughs> um, so that was quite cool. Um, but but I wonder then. I suppose what could happen is because Sharon also has Jenny over a barrel over this whole Ronnie situation. If she's the one that finds out, is she not going to be able to say anything about it because she knows that yeah, Sharon's got this loaded gun? There's, this yeah. is probably the only reason that. Ronnie and Jenny even got together. To I give think I think you're right, Sharon. But the thing is, though, this is a really weak link because Sharon literally looked at them in a ca- in a bistro and, or where did she see them? Yeah, it was in the bistro. And when they've shagged, what has she got some kind of secret radar or she something? She is. She's the most perceptive person on the street. Isn't it's nonsense, she? really, because she has no evidence and nobody and, else and, has noticed. And if if Sharon was to say uh, to Johnny, um, well, guess what? I know that I've just been outed as a as a child kidnapper, but your wife's been sleeping with Ronnie. Jenny could just say, 
Well, of course she's lying. Mm. I, it, it was it was kind of a shame that Jenny wasn't able to say, no, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. But I think because she felt that she was winning in this argument yeah. and then it came out of nowhere, she didn't have time to come back with a, though, a snappy retort. But she didn't admit to it. No, but she gave a look that said enough, I think. I know, but that's still not evidence. And she didn't she didn't strongly deny it either. No, I know, but that's still that's still not enough evidence. Like if somebody came up to me and said, "Oh, yeah, your husband's been sleeping with the with his TA because I saw them look at each other." I'd say that's enough evidence. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to the divorce courts immediately. Mm. And Johnny is um spectacularly blind about all the many many looks that, that Jenny, J- Ronnie and Daisy are giving each other. That's a thing to say. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, sorry, MS. Can't believe you said that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is a um but he's in remission, I thought. Um, no, it, he he hasn't noticed that. But so this is all building up to something that's gonna like big week yeah. is gonna happen. Next I, I week. think, I, yeah, I think then that Jenny is going to um, not going to be able to say something. It's gonna come out about her and Ronnie one way or the other, because these things always do. So uh, as as juicy as this has made it, I still don't really feel that sacrificing Jenny Their and Johnny has been worth it for no. this storyline, sadly, because uh, I don't tell, know whether they'll be able to come back from this. You could tell that the relationship was doomed when Johnny this morning, today, went, I'm having the best time of my life being your husband. What a great, what a great night we had together. Um, this is literally the best time of my life. Yeah. Yeah, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? Yeah. Soon as you, this, is why I, this is why I'm always pessimistic about everything and I always say everything's rubbish because mm. I'm scared of a big soap week coming up for me <laughs> <laughs> um do, what, what did you reckon to all the um all the rest of it with with sam and leanne and nick and everything i'm finding myself like surprisingly ungripped by it it should it's, be exciting but there's some just something about it that's making me think this is a bit hokey acting like they've got no brain in their heads mm. they, they're like if if they were sort of intelligently struggling against some super brain nefarious team of organised villains, it might be a bit concerning. But they're just bumbling around. All Literally all of them are bumbling around. And the only person who's trying to do any sort of planning is Harvey. And he's, you know, he's stuck in prison and he can just only phone people. He's the scariest one in the whole thing and he's in prison. That, number one, is a weakness of the story. Um, Sharon is a... She's a clever lady and she's got she's got um her uh, goons and stuff she's not a physically intimidating person but the threat here is a physical threat isn't it this is the issue whatever's going to happen is going to be some kind of physical threat to the safety of say leanne nick sam Sam, simon all of these people that are involved here you know it's not going to be sharon doing it so it's not going to be harvey because harvey's in prison Who's it going to be? Beardo Van Man. Beardo Van Man, who is an undeveloped character that we don't know if he's, you know, if he's scary or not. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the, the, the villain is sort of a nebulous um, entity that's spread over several different characters, all of whom have massive major flaws. Beardo Van Man, completely um, undeveloped person. We don't know anything about his motivations. We don't know 
you know, somebody could give him 50 quid and he'd go away for all we know. Mm. Um, Sharon, she couldn't I, I, snap I a twig. I can imagine if somebody gave him 50 quid. You know, like when, when ladies get money, they shove it down their bra. Yeah, we do, He's yeah. just going to bury it in his beard. He'd just scroll it away. Yeah. Maybe maybe there is a squirrel that lives there and it'll go, thanks very much. <laughs> maybe a it. red squirrel, of course. Of course. <laughs> completely camouflaged. And he's, then, like, he's like Mr. Twit. He's got all bits of food and everything in there. <laughs> and then an Harvey, beard. who is, you know... Um, disabled by the fact that he's in prison yeah so so who's who's going to be the the enemy he's the baddie i'm kind of led to we were kind of led to believe before though that he's got a much stronger network of goons like where it was it just felt a lot more exciting you know two months ago when it was when jake um you know when jacob was around and and, and they were all kind of crashing in leanne's flat there was but there was that guy wasn't there that came and and lived in Leanne's flat for a couple of days. Yeah, I know, but this is what I'm saying. Why have they diluted this this um, the the job over so many different characters? Because there was also the man that beat them up in the hospital. That was a different. Oh yeah, Peter. yeah, yeah. Why have we had three anonymous goons when we could have had one really strong, well developed? Think of Sharon. Think go back. Think of Sharon, who was um, what's his face is Rick's henchwoman oh other sharon yeah original sharon they're saying dodgy about sharons and weatherfield don't trust a sharon and weatherfield no. <laughs> but listen wasn't sharon a, a developed goon a bit more of one and that sharon she, she's kind of cared about you, kelly's education she cared about the education but you also knew that she was being paid you knew that she didn't care you knew that she was ruthless you knew that she knew exactly what was going on in the organization and she was completely 100 percent behind it mm. She had a personality and she had she had her own um, kind of... Or she didn't really have a story, but you could see what, what she was about. None of these goons have anything about them. So what's going to happen next week? I have no idea. The, but... pro- the problem I have with it a little bit still is, like, I'm in my head I'm thinking, it'll be all right. It will be Nick all right. Nick and Leanne and Sam will move back to the, fli- the street again soon. And, and Simon, I mean, or maybe Sam as well, because, I mean... We're left at the moment with Natasha saying to Nick, you're never going to see Sam again. And it almost felt to me like she sealed her own fate with that. We said at the beginning of the year that we think that something's going to happen to Natasha. We suggested at one point she was going to impale herself on the Millennium Dome on a trip to London or something, didn't we? It's not called that anymore. Maybe. I'm sure she's going to be gasping for O2, at the O2. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, I can't see at this point how she should forgive Nick. Although, to be honest, people do forgive each other a lot worse in Coronation Street. But she seems mostly but, to have yeah. her head screwed on. Is she going to be? Is she going to fall victim to Harvey and Sam's going to have to live with Nick? It seems very convenient. And Natasha, I don't think... I mean, she's very... She's kind of superfluous and... Um, Bless her. Yeah, I know. Listen, so, so she, she Natasha could, delivered... Her days could be numbered. Her ultimatum this week and I don't know who was who was convinced because I wasn't you weren't you know by our reckon, reckoning this was either just a very empty threat because you know that you know that she's Nick's going to be you know playing chess with Sam in a month's time or this was sealing the deal kind of a threat mm. by which he, she was saying the only thing standing between you and your son is me so 
There you go, writers. I, it, I, I wonder, though, like, is it too soon after Seb for another character to die? I don't think people with the best will in the world care about Natasha. And I she's think... come back, but she hasn't, it doesn't feel like she's come back as a character. It feels like she's come back as a plot device. I think that a lot of people like Natasha. I like her. I like her, but she's not... Do you, know, do you see what I'm saying? She's yeah. not a character. She doesn't feel like she's been brought back as a character in her own right. She, she's there to get in between Nick and his son. Yeah. Yeah. So, so next week, you know... Um, the, the you know the big week that's been planned that we don't oh, we don't know anything about. No, I literally I I know maybe one thing and about it, next know, week. In a way, it's I've a spoiler to, to even say good. it's a it's a big week, um, because there's certainly nothing indicated in any of the stuff that's happened this week that something big's gonna happen next week. Even the ending was very low key. There was no cliffhanger on Friday. Yeah, sometimes on the week on the Friday episode before the Britons got Talent Week, they have a massive cliffhanger or like a trailer or something. I always well, remember. Released a trailer. Yeah, yeah, there was online. a tra- there was a trailer, but I remember like. There was one year when um, when Paula Lane had been off on maternity leave, and then at the very end of the Friday before episode, she's there kind of loitering. I think it was the Victoria Fire episode, and she's there loitering. It's like, ah, oh, Kylie's back, and then they went straight oh. into the, like a trailer before they did the closing. Okay. So yeah, they, they yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah, any yeah, of that this week. But I think people kind of know that there's something big happening. Yeah, but next what I'm week, saying but... is, um, what's your what's your predictions based on this? Like, uh, are Leanne, have Leanne and Nick gone back to the hideout? Um, or are they yes because Nick said I'm not going now. back and then and then and then Tasha's I mean I can think of something horrific that could what? happen really dark and unpleasant to watch what, what, what? Natasha homeschooling Sam for a week I think that'd be harrowing <laughs> I thought she doesn't need to she's got um, she's That's got Daniel to do it now hasn't well, she, she? You, you don't need to teach that kid a thing just give him an encyclopedia <laughs> and leave him alone yeah Lock him in a van, he'd be fine with a, yeah. with a wind-up radio a and a packet sandwich. of sandwiches. And, yeah. a, and a bucket. <laughs> um, yeah, so so this is what I'm, my problem is. I don't, I'm not really, I think as a, as a villain, Sharon is too cerebral to be a th- physical threat. She, she's her, not menacing. She's no, not had her, to menace anyone yet. But because her, all she's, of her... One of her skills nice. are in manipulation and um, observation, and you can't. Um, she really... also knows how to send messages on games consoles. Now, yeah. she, her her skill set is le- is improving all yeah. the time. But you can't build a big action week out of those traits. Yeah, like a week of Sharon looking at people and going, "I know what you have for breakfast." <laughs> Old brand Sam. <laughs> um, okay, well, that, that, uh, just before we move on, what was that thing about Sam being obsessed with Weddy County? about what's that going to turn into and nick going i'm good friends with buzz of the bee actually can't he say something like did you know that james bailey lives down this street yeah that's a very good point (laughs) literally you can look out of the window and see james bailey's house and james and you and then they show them looking out the window and then james is in the window going waving Mm. what about that tommy orpington though he's like he's like eight goals away from being the Best footballer ever, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't he more like eight weeks away from retiring permanently? Because he's, I think he's a bit old for a footballer now. Uh, Tommy Orpington used to be on the character pro, the, the character list on the ITV uh, website, but no, I, I'll be, I'd like be happy to Tommy. never see him again. What? He was on a calendar. I know. I he know. was Rick Nealon's favorite player. <laughs> it's the centerfold. The no, no, they called the, They're not called the centerfold in football. What are they called? Um, striker. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyway, that was weird. I don't think that Sam would actually like football, but maybe I'm just projecting my own myself. No, I think that there's definitely nerd. an element of sports fans who are obsessed with facts and figures and numbers. And if I can imagine Roy doing it, I can imagine Sam doing it, and I can imagine Roy standing there with his thermos flask going oh, well, there's no way they're going to win because based on my uh, calculations and due to the fact that Tommy Orpington had an ankle injury this time six uh, months ago and the rain, humidity is... I know, I can't. I can, I can see Roy learning facts about Weatherfield County if you had to go along to a match, but I can't see him getting into it at all. And I would probably say the same about Sam. Maybe it's Stockholm Syndrome. Right, let's move on to the next story. This so this trolling story. How do right? The what, only way what, to what, solve what? this is to do an experiment, mm-hmm. a scientific experiment. What? Where we lock Sam, you, Sam's interested. Lock you in a van overnight and play you the radio with football results on it, oh and then let gosh, you out and see if you come out and go. I love football, Tommy <laughs> O for the win. No, you need to you need to lock me up in a van and play me a Wolford Weekly podcast. And see if I come yes. back there. Go, I've got to watch EastEnders. EastEnders podcast. We should do that. It's great. <laughs> right. Um, what's going on at, at Kathy's house then? Well, Kathy has got her exercise bike that she was ordering last week. She's having a whale of a time on this. And not only that, but she's ordered a trio of yoga mats as well. So the ladies can all do their downward dogs together. Elaine quite likes that idea, actually. Alia comes home because, yes, she lives there, everybody remember, with Ryan. Also, don't forget that in um, Tim and Sally's house, Gary's living with them. Yeah, apparently so. We we were looking um, after tonight's episode about, are Sarah and Adam back together? Kind of forgot. Yes, they are, if anyone's wondering. And maybe it's obvious, but Adam and Sarah are back together again and they're living in the Red Bank apartments. Which is the ones above um, the barbers? Why are they? Why are they bothering when they could just live in the Platt's house with everybody else? <laughs> live in uh, live in Yasmin's house. They did make a funny I... joke about um, the fact that there were so many of them living there this week. They were like saying, "What should we do with the mouse? Should we invite it to stay or something like that?" <laughs> Have you ever seen those? Um, are they? I think they're in Japan where they they've got these fancy underground bicycle storage systems where it's like a massive, like cylindrical hole and you put your bike in it mm. and then the, the computer like takes the bike and it goes underground with it and it kind of files it away in this like big elaborate bike library sounds, yeah sounds I very minority that's, report that's what they've got in the sinkhole it's just literally all the characters just kind of in cryo, cryostasis uh. and then they just kind of like the, the big uh, the writing um, grab grab hammer grab handle comes down and goes and takes them out <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Um, anyway, um, Yasmin just wants a precious moment of solitude. So, because she she's been kind of kind of ironic because she's been lonely all this time and felt trapped in the house with Jeff, and now she's actually living with her mates. She realizes it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, but they have a bit of drama on Monday. There is a mouse in the house. What are they going to do? Stand on some chairs and scream, it looks like, until Ryan comes home. Surely this big buff Ryan will deal with it. But no, he's also scared of mice. So he makes a hasty exit. Elaine wants to kill the mouse. But um, Yasmin says, maybe we should get a mouse catcher. They borrow Doggy Day for a bit, but all he can manage to do is wee on the carpet. I was very disappointed well, many things about this story, but um, we didn't get to see a mouse or a dog. We had to use our imaginations. They could have got a mouse. No. Couldn't they? How could they have got a mouse? They would have run away. They could. You get a stunt mouse. 
You, you get a specially TB mouse. trained mouse. I Come suppose on, if you get, get a, a mouse, stick it on the studio got, floor. I suppose if you got a field mouse, there'd be some kind of union problem. Yeah, definitely. Like you have to have the mice that are in the, the acting union, otherwise <laughs> you're going to get a fine. No, I just thought it was it was lazy to not get an actual mouse. Because usually when you have a scene like this, you'll have like a zoom in camera get of a mouse going... get some stock footage of a mouse. <laughs> yeah, you just get some stock mouse footage, don't you? Of it twitching its nose or something. And you just had to deal with these women pointing at a corner and were hoping they were all pointing at the same place. <laughs> and then telling us that David came round the dog and weed on the carpet. You want it to was... see a, a, a you want to see a dog urinating on a carpet? Yes. You think that, that would be prime Monday entertainment. Look, all I'm saying is that yes. when there was a tarantula, a wolf eating spider or whatever it was, loose a on the wolf rovers. Wolf eating I would not want to see one of those in the dark. A wolf it eating was, it was a spider. Mexican wolf eating spider, I'm sure. But when that was loose and the <laughs> rover's kitchen and the health inspector came round and Alec was kind of hiding, we saw the spider creepy crawling I around. Think it's to that was one of my favourite scenes from that era Alec and the spider in the rover's kitchen. And we just needed a few little spidery scenes. We didn't need to see the spider getting crushed under Alex's hand because Roy Barrowcroft did an excellent job of acting well, like he was crushing it. Also, I don't want it. to see a poor but little... I needed to see the mouse. I was disappointed, that's all I'm saying. Anyway. It's called a wolf spider, not a wolf eating spider. Oh, close enough. <laughs> 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 Elaine blames Kathy's slovenly ways for the infestation. One mouse. I don't really get why. No, She's buying a load of stuff tidy. on Amazon. And so that attracts mice. She, I don't subs- know. I've said this before. She subscribes to the medieval idea of how life is formed, in which you get a barn and you stick some food and bedding in it, and then a mouse. Yeah, will, that's what they used to think, isn't will, it? Will actually spir- like just appear. Yeah, I thought that you were going to say she subscribed to Sean Wilson's Cheese of the Week Club. <laughs> <She's just> <laughs> <laughs> Every week, Martin Platt comes back with a new cheese, and the, the mice just <laughs> led in like the Pied Piper of Hamlin. Anyway, Wednesday, Ryan has caught the mouse. By the way, I don't get he's, this. He's grown what, a so pair, and, but he goes to the red wreck and drops it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's what we're doing wrong. Whenever Abby brings a, mal- a mouse, I do in, think you are, you are supposed to take. We them just put quiet. it outside the front door and then wonder why it comes back again. If you're supposed to drop them very, very far away because they they will come back. But, but it will miss its mousy Ryan's family. Like, yeah, yeah. I took it. Took it we... to, I took it to the red wreck, and uh, Kathy's like, "Oh, that's good." Yeah, bloody loved it. We're going to go to the zoo tomorrow. <laughs> when we when we go bug cut- catching with the children on the common, we say, you've got to make sure that when you've caught your little shield bug, that's a stink bug, Americans, you go and put it back exactly where it came from, where it's in its natural habitat and its family. So poor Do mouse. Do you think that the little shield bug mum is going, where's Jeffrey? Yeah, yeah. If you don't, then they kick up a right stink. So um, anyway, the mouse issue has been resolved um, this was silly because I didn't like the way that these three grown women could not cope with. Are people is it is is being scared of mice like a? Well, they said, "Oh, we look like some kind of sixties postcard, didn't we?" But it it what it was not as funny as it thought it was. I in in my opinion, because all three of these women are very intelligent and quite uh, capable and independent. I just didn't think that they is this the first time in their life they've ever had a mouse near them. I bet there's. I bet the uh, speed dial has uh, had the odd mouse every now and then. 
if a mouse comes, you just got to get a jug and stick it on the top of the mouse and throw it out the door. Yeah. Also, Yasmin spent the last six months in um, Weatherfield Prison. I hear from Johnny on There's good authority that that's played yeah, all over the place. Infested. These invisible mice. That's what it was. It was one of Johnny's invisible mice. That's why we couldn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> Probably Aiden was there as well. Um, Don't worry, Aiden will catch it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, more packages come. Um, Elaine goes and tells Roy about Kathy's spending and he explains that she used to be a hoarder in the past and it seems like that those ways have come back again. Although that doesn't really go anywhere, does it, for the rest of the week? No, this was weird because basically that was the catalyst yeah. for the whole thing collapsing in on itself and Elaine leaving the street. Yeah, basically. So Elaine goes back and says to Yasmin about all of this and then they said, right, well, we need to go and have a sneaky look in Yasmin's well, no, room. Says, I Elaine look. says, we need to have a look in, in, in Kathy's room and see if she's got massive piles of Amazon deliveries. And Yasmin says, no, we can't. That's very rude. We can't just go into her room. So Elaine goes and does it anyway. She enlists yeah, Brian she to take a look in Kathy's room. Again, we didn't get to see it. Too much of this storyline this week relied on our imagination. Look, there's a mouse. Look, there's David, look, there's a massive pile of, 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 of boxes. When we had Cathy's hoarding storyline before, five years old ago, we got to see the piles of boxes. We got to see them pile, fall on top of Cathy. I, I just died. thought it was a bit of a shame that we... we yeah, it too is much a visual medium. Show. Yeah. It's not like the archers where you can go, oh, look at all these boxes. Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd forgive the archers for that. At least for the, if they had a mouse on the archers, they'd probably play a few squeaky sound effects, wouldn't yeah, they? Like... Yeah, like... Um, anyway, Yasmin uh, comes home and she realises what's been going on. Um, oh no, Kath- uh, Elaine comes home first. Who comes home Kathy first? Kathy comes back and finds out they've been snooping. Oh yeah. And she Br- tells Brian to get out. out. Yeah. And then later on, Yasmin, Yasmin comes, comes home and, and notices that things are very tense between Elaine and Kathy. And they're saying, look, we're just worried for you, Kathy. Uh, so Kathy apologises for snapping and they kind of make up. She goes grovelling back to Brian and says, I've realised this has got a bit silly now, actually. Can I come home? Um, no, he well, he says, come home. He says, I love you, Kathy Matthews. This much, which I thought was very sweet. I do love the, the very rare instances we get of Kathy and Brian showing that they do have some kind of affection for each other. He so also says, I will help you with Coronation your order. Street. Yes, exactly. Very good. Um, so then later on, Yasmin and Elaine are coming to blows about how to deal with Kathy. And Yasmin says, look, this is my house. What I say goes. Elaine backs down. Yasmin says... Um, we this this isn't working. All of us living together. I need some time on my own. Let's get rid of let's get rid of Elaine. Let's disband the Golden Girls, and that's about it. So Elaine goes round um, living living to give. Uh, Elaine is deciding that she's going to live with Tim. Um, what um, what else happens? But yeah, Kathy tells Yasmin that she's decided to move back in with Brian. They agree it's all been fun. They say, oh, it's the end of an era. And and that's it. That's the end. Well, the, we also get Tim agreeing that Elaine can live in their house oh, yeah, without they, asking Sally. And then did, they come yeah. round. Sally's got her estate agent And she's going, ooh, sexy ooh, role Mr... What, uh, what's his name? Metcalf. <laughs> Mr. Metcalf. Ooh, let me show well, you the cupboards well, or something. And what happened, really. Yeah, and and, and, um, and she doesn't realise. Tim's standing there, dumbfounded and not reacting. And then Elaine comes around the corner, and Sally's like, "Oh no, I can't believe it!" And then Elaine goes upstairs, and she comes back down and says, "Oh, I've changed the sheets because they were stained, and I've got the Egyptian cotton duvet cover." And Sally is scandalised because not only has her sex game been ruined, but so have her sheets. Mm. Yeah, um, I think again that I think that 
they thought that was funnier than it is. I, I did say a lot of praise for the estate agent scene, but it feels like we've seen it all, all before. Well, a little bit. I, I, having gone through what I've been going through recently, I find um, estate agents deeply un- off-putting. <laughs> yeah, very true. And very if she was a sexy solicitor, that'd be even worse, wouldn't it? Yeah. On the whole, the estate oh, agents have not a, been too bad. If it was, if it was a select sexy solicitor, oh hello, yes, yeah, so I'll do your property search. Why don't you come upstairs? I'd be like, yeah, I'll be there in three weeks when you're ready. <laughs> anyway, there's already two <laughs> very sexy solicitors on Coronation Street at the moment. Oh, you think so? So I've been told. No, I was told on the Facebook last week actually that I am allowed. I'm supposed to admit when when men are hunky, aren't I? Somebody posted oh. that as a man, I, I shouldn't be ashamed of admitting when people are attractive. So. Um. Good job, Imran and uh, and Adam. Reading that thread made me realise that I think I am just asexual or something, because I that somebody being good looking has no effect on me whatsoever for whether I'm attracted to them or not. I have to get to know the person. Yeah, it's just an added bonus how hot I am. I know. It's, I'm so lucky. <laughs> um, Friday. Elaine's um, not making herself very welcome in Sally's eyes in, in number four. She's trying to give her she, husband a heart attack. Yep, because Sally says, oh, today is Wednesday. Don't ask what that was all about. But today is Wednesday and Tim usually eats, what Crackers was it? Crackers and a can of tuna. Yeah, something like that. For lunch. Um, so and instead, it, Elaine has cooked him a full English. Elaine gets the message and decides that she's moving to somewhere in Bolton. Um, Tim's kind of miffed about this, but um, it's too late. Tim Elaine's decision Sally. is made up. Yeah, again, mine is made up. That it's her fault when actually he didn't ask her no. if Sally could, if Elaine could come round. If you've decided to bring your mum and live round our house unannounced, I would not be happy. Um, Sexy role play or not? <laughs> um, I think Elaine says to Tim like, "Oh yeah, Sally just keeps looking at me and I keep folding towels wrong." And I just had a flashback to like when we used to live with my parents and your da- my dad would watch you God, do Jim's everything. Dad's terrifying. My, da- my dad does what but I do this as well. Watch you do something, going, "That's completely wrong. I don't even know where." Yeah, I, I spent a year living from. at Gemma's parents' house and they're very lovely people. But and then I try and do you know the dutiful um, son-in-law act of you know, loading up the dishwasher no, and everything, wrong. and Gemma's dad just hovered behind yeah. uh, behind me. Yeah. And then when I left the room, I could hear him clinking and clanking yeah. it about, putting everything in the he right would place. Would have done that on purpose so that you could hear that you, you didn't oh, do it right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you can imagine after one day that Elaine Sally. wants to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she is, and she. To be fair, I thought that she had some really nice final scenes with Tim. So it felt like it was the. Gone? It felt like the end of mm. Elaine. I don't know Unless whether she's going to get murdered. I next haven't. Week. Oh, maybe I haven't looked on Corey's social she media could, or ah, anything. She did say she left pants. She did her Wednesday pants, which is, and she explained that she had more than one Wednesday pants. Otherwise, it would have made no sense why she wasn't wearing them. <laughs> so maybe she'll come back for her Wednesday pants, and like Sharon will accidentally kill her. Maybe. No, it felt like she was saying properly goodbye and it was very sweet and, and they did the whole thing of, of Tim saying, oh, can you give me three rings when you get there? And I did very much like the scene at the end where they're, they're relaxing at home and the phone rings and um, and Sally goes to pick it up and then obviously it cuts out after three rings and Tim's just got a lovely expression on his face like, oh, I've got a mum and she loves me and Aww. and everything. And, and he didn't tell Sally who it was or anything. No, it was just a little it's secret a between them. <laughs> No, it was sweet. Everything Tim does. I know that you you can't have you you can't be wavered, can you? Absolutely not. No, I thought that was very very nice. Um, so I mean, what what do you think if this is the end of Elaine? You miss her? Because <sighs> I, I kind she kind of started to get a bit grating and annoying to me, and it. We, I we... liked the interaction between the three women because 
it's not very often on television you get to see three women of that age just being on tv just talking to each other about their own things you know there's not very much representation of that kind of age group of people and normally when an older lady is on the screen she's like somebody else's something like somebody else's mum or their aunt or their teacher or you know um they were just there for themselves having their own stories which was enjoyable i just didn't think it was that fun a story I don't think that they that were they, having. I don't think they utilised them very well. No. I think there were so many more interesting, fun things that they could have done. And um, it fell a bit flat to me, most of it. Yeah, they, and, and the I fact really that they were scared by a mouse and it just n- none of them good. able to deal with it. I think it was a spider, yeah. Uh, I, I, it was... <laughs> Uh, it just, I just I feel that um, Shelley King is being underserved in terms of material post Jeff storyline, and I wanted to see her, you know, come bouncing back. And I but know I it's going to be a slow road to recovery and everything like that, but she she's not still not quite the Yasmin of old. Although the fact that she's now standing on her own two feet and saying, "No, I need a bit but of time was alone," exactly maybe it. this was exactly what she needed. And I think Elaine was kind of like her guardian angel almost. Yeah, like if you said, "Oh, and the, and Elaine wasn't even real." I would go, wow, what a great twist. She was actually a figment of... She was actually an angel sent by God. You know what I mean? Because she came and she taught Yasmin how to stand on her own two feet, like you say. Yeah. And she she guided her when she needed it. And at the end, she was the one that My Yasmin stood done. up to. Yeah. Like, oh, you, you finally stood up for yourself. And then she kind of disappears in a whiff of smoke. Mm, yeah. Well done. You've learned your lesson. You've returned to your pre-Jeff self. Yeah, so let, let's... I don't know whether that's, you know, something... I mean, we... Ready for the next chapter of, of Yasmin. I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I still don't really know what that's going to involve. No, nothing, probably. Is she you going know, to get just... herself another fellow? Is, is, is Alia and Ryan finally going to have a story of their own that Yasmin's, you know, a hanger-on to? I, I, I really, really, really need to see Yasmin dispensing more wise grandmotherly advice, which she kind of did a little bit to Asher couple of months ago didn't she when she recognized that um coercive behavior in Corey? yeah but that that's that's the yasmine that i want to see more of she and needs... not silly incapable yasmine they need to do something with her i mean i know she owns part in speed doll but i just think is that does that really scream yasmine to me no is it her passion no um, does she, you know, does it does it add anything to her or this or the the location to have her there? No, she needs something like she had before, like a library or community center or something, where she can be Yasmin again. Because she, being being um, a server at Speed Dial is, you know, any any character can can do that role. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like Yasmin's Yasmininess comes out. When she's at Speed Doll. Whereas, for example, Alia works in there because Alia is kind of a snitty, kind of harassed, on the edge, kind of um, always stressed and kind of busy kind of a person. You know, she's she's ambitious. She takes on lots of projects. And so you can see those parts of Alia's personality when she's there because she's like oh I've got to do this I've got to organize that I've got this table's got to do this I've got to change the menu blah 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 that that facilitates us to see those parts of Alia's personality same with Ryan Ryan's a very laid-back chill kind of dude who doesn't really take anything seriously 
him, you know, working at speed dial, being, you know, getting things wrong or not really caring about his job being a bit sloppy or doing his DJ sets or whatever. Mm. Again, that adds to his character and allows him to display parts of his personality that feel true to him. Yasmin being in there doesn't feel to me like she's... Because she she didn't even get to pick help pick the the menu. No, when, it just feels it like redesigned. she it's making her stressed, and she's yeah. being she's she's bowing and scraping to the customers. Like if she was if she the thing is she could fit into that scenario if they changed the way that she reacted in the scenes. So Yasmin could actually work really well, but they're not using her properly because she could be the host. Because Yasmin is a sort of a very community-minded... Yeah, warm um, and welcoming. Yeah. yeah, so she would be really good as the host. And she could say, may I recommend the Nihari? Many people have not heard of this dish, but it's Pakistan's national dish, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and teach people and share her culture. Mm. Um, none of that. We just get her scurrying around, uh, worrying about who's not had their mango lassi. Yeah. What's the point? I, 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 let's let's keep her in more serious storylines as well, because if you're going to put her in a storyline with Kathy and Elaine, it's it's not going to be anything, you know, mega serious, is it? There's going to be comedy hijinks, and that's about as deep as it'll get. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway. Do you think that Kathy's going to start hoarding again, or do you think this was just like the the? I, it, the way of getting her back it kind of to maybe I don't know whether it would be interesting or not whether it would feel like it no, was just retreading old ground I just don't I just don't but understand it, the, the way that it was dealt with here it felt like it was paying minor lip service to the the hoarding story it she gets a couple like, of packages delivered and that's about it it felt like a story that looked neat on paper but when it was ri- when it was actually on the screen it didn't work because the, that being the trigger for the whole everybody leaving that house was bizarre because I've still, it's still never really been explained why Kathy wanted to leave Brian in the first place, no. and why Brian let her, and why and she why was still there two months later. It that makes that was no the, sense. No, they they got the time scale for this very very wrong. Yeah, it, Brian, I don't believe would put up. I know he's a patient man and everything, but he wouldn't put up with. Kathy living next door to him. He should no for for because two months with no explanation and no. Respect and he has to just deal given. with it. Yeah, like he's just left, be patient with me. He has to run she the cabin. I mean, thank goodness Sharon's her. around to help out at the, yeah. at, the, at the cabin. She literally didn't even say, you know, I'm, I know this is unreasonable. You've got to be patient with me. I'm going through something I don't really understand myself, but I think I'm having a breakdown and I need a bit of space. None of that. She just went, oh, I just want somewhere for my Amazon parcels to come. Yeah, basically, it it didn't work. It was messy, but anyway, it's over now. So it's over, so you don't need to worry about it anymore. Right, next story: pop shop and slipping on slop. <laughs> Is this not you? Uh no, I thought it was you. <laughs> I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for this. So, um, this was fa- this was very frustrating because Evelyn's back. That's good. And she didn't tell Alina. To go and curl up and die in a ball. Yeah, like, Evelyn was the a bit too restrained on Monday's episode, wasn't Everybody she? was waiting for Evelyn to come back and discover that Alina and Tyrone were having an affair so that she could f- confront them both and tell them they're both a pair of idiots and selfish, nasty, backstabbing, horrible people and put Alina in her place. That didn't they can't, They half did it, but the, the dialogue wasn't quite... They didn't do it. Cutting enough. So on Monday, um, Fizz reminds Tyrone that he needs to get the girls some new shoes. So he is also... He's, he's having his um, finances pulled in two different directions there because the girls need shoes, but Alina needs fancy coffee cups. Glass coffee cups. 
I mean, of we all know, different sizes. We know the appeal because we have those double walled. Um, you know those Bowden ones. Uh oh yes. They're very fancy. Mm. But if I had to pick, if I had to choose between buying children's shoes or or coffee cups that were made of glass, I think I'd have to pick the shoes. If you had children, right now we can have as many glass coffee cups as you like. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really asks me for children's shoes, so actually that's a dilemma that's not cropped up. Tyrone comes back from shopping. He's bought the coffee cups. He's he's um. Evelyn makes fun of him and said his fizz. And Evelyn's clearly mad with him. Again, why doesn't he get taken to task for this? Mm. Why didn't Evelyn say something like, in my day, we used to eat coffee, drink coffee out of a shoe or something equally ridiculous. Dev says to Tyrone, I've got a solution for you for your money troubles. Why don't you deliver groceries for me starting tonight? And Tyrone says, well, I'll ask Evelyn. And um, if she says yes, I'm in. Uh, this was something, a nice little call back to... Um... Ardy being a businessman, which has been has been put on the back burner a lot. Uh-huh. But those few scenes that we had a few months ago of Ardy desperately, you know, with his with his suit and tie and everything, and trying to trying be the to boss, give Evelyn it's her... a shame that he he's been you know well, more distracted was... by what's going on with with Seb and Asher and everything. It was, um... it was his idea to do yes, this grocery right. round. So that's really you're right. Very nice touch here. Coronation Street hasn't forgotten that. Many other things that have slipped through <laughs> the cracks, but not Ardy's pioneering grocery delivery service. Thank goodness you'll be pleased to know. So um, Evelyn says, no, I'm not going to enable your affair, um, but I don't like it, but... um, She basically spends Monday's episode... Being a a git. Yeah, and and calling him Mr Dobbs and not wanting to talk about the the whole situation and and, and not being friendly with him, really, just treating him like a co-worker rather than her grandson. Alina comes into the shop, uh, Evelyn's sarcastic to her, but, you know, nothing to write home about. There's no quotable bits, I don't think, nothing memorable. Fizz comes into the shop and sees, and is shocked to hear from Evelyn that Dev's hired Tyrone. Um, and she gets sad because she remembers when Tyrone used to bring her mugs of tea in bed. And now he's going to be bringing Alina coffees and fancy coffee cups. That would really get your goat, wouldn't it? Mm. Uh, Tyrone is getting ready because Alina's cooked him toad in the hole which the scriptwriters think she wouldn't get. And um, so she keeps saying, I want to cook, I want you to eat the toad, the toad's getting cold, and stuff like that. I don't... That sounds racy. Um, Evelyn comes out with two more orders for him to deliver to scupper his romantic toad-in-the-hole plans. Yeah, maybe Alina thinks toad-in-the-hole is something different. Maybe. You'll have to come back because my hole needs a toad. <laughs> Wednesday... Evelyn has, um, Bernie's there for some reason in the shop. She pushes over some salad dressing, falls on the floor, and then she goes to clean it up, and Evelyn comes in, walks on it, and falls over. Again. I I, I know that maybe it's more likely that we can see a mouse than Maureen Lippmann spectacularly falling over, but it was a bit of a shame, because you could see it coming, but we just hear her falling down. I wanted to see it. Well, I get a stunt, Evelyn. They could have done it. Dev comes back, finds out what happened, and Evelyn's saying that she's it's criminal negligence and she's going to sue them. Yeah, she's sitting there on the cab on the uh, on the, the shop floor with a bag of frozen peas on her leg. And, and as far uh, as I can tell, Dev doesn't sell frozen peas. Frozen something. <laughs> um, Evelyn's got her feet up later. Tells Dev she reckons she should settle out of court. Yeah, this is back at home, isn't it? This is back at. And um, Bernie says um, she'll change it. Bernie says something about I'll oh, just lie in court because I've done it before. Yeah. 
which is quite funny. Um, Bernie goes moaning to Dev later that she's been made Evelyn's skivvy. Yeah, basically the story goes that Evelyn says, well, maybe I won't sue you if you um, are my slave. Yeah. Um, Bernie is... um, Bernie has to do stuff like walking the dog and going to the shops for for Evelyn when she should be working. And she's also having to cover Evelyn's shifts um, for free. She comes back to the shop, but she doesn't get the right biscuits that Evelyn wanted for Cerberus. So she gets guilt-tripped and has to go back to the shop to get them. And Evelyn turns out she had the biscuits all along. Oh, it was nice that we saw Cerberus today, wasn't it? Was it was lovely Cerberus, yeah. We have seen so few at quarry animals recently. I know. That was well, a very you know, nice surprise. Recently as in ever. Yeah, but even more so in the past year. There's not been very much animal action. Evelyn is it has, are we, has Tracy definitely got rid of her cat now because if I was Yasmin and, and Elaine and uh, Kathy yeah. and I had a mouse problem and I wanted to get an animal then maybe a dog wouldn't have been my first choice I think she did get rid of poor Sylvester isn't um, isn't David a Yorkshire Terrier though is that is, do they eat mice that's what they're well they're for oh okay that's, that's what they're oh, bred for like to get rats to kill rats I oh, think oh, I did not know that uh, there's quite a lot of dog I think terriers I think that's what they're for terriers okay. um Anyway. I don't know very much about the dog breeds. What happens with Evelyn? Evelyn's uh... enjoying Moxie magazine because Haya's been suspended since um, Corey's dad's been busy ferrying his child (laughs) to and from uh, the school so he doesn't murder anybody else. Um, Fizz says, please, can you... This was a bizarre scene as well. Fizz says, can you take the washing in? And Evelyn suddenly doesn't understand the concept of... Of washing or, or no, she just doesn't like. Unless she's being awkward, but it yeah. was written oddly. Um, I don't like the sound of that. She says, "I've been told I can't specifically make this motion of taking a peg off <laughs> that of the was line." Funny. And Viz is like, "Buy, buy you lying cow." I'll see you later. <laughs> the the washing had better be in. Um, Viz goes. Evelyn suddenly is full of the joys of spring. Starts singing and dancing. Go, gets the. Um, Shopping, uh, shopping basket, the washing basket goes outside in very musical fashion. Begins to uh, remove the bras from from the line. Dev happens to be in the ginnel. Uh, coincidence. Here's her. Stands on a crate, looks over, and starts filming her, and starts going, "I caught you, I caught you." And they sort of have this kind of. It's almost like it could have been a musical. <laughs> um, he says he goes and tells Bernie what Evelyn Evelyn's been lying about being sick and unable to work. And Bernie says, let's make her pay. Ooh, she's got a plot. <laughs> See, I don't know if To counterbalance all that, to... all the harrowing high drama that's going to be in next week's 9pm <laughs> episodes. Or maybe that's why they're putting it after the watershed next week. Well, yeah, because Bernie's... Bernie's just going to shoot Evelyn in the head or yeah, something. <laughs> Bernie's, like, you're supposed to be like, what a whim- what whimsical plan will they make, will they come up with to make Evelyn's life a misery? And it's like, Bernie's like, listen, Dev, you know I've said to you before about Lion and Court? Well... What I was lying about was the fact I poured petrol on this old lady and set her on fire because she was looking at me funny <laughs> down the bingo. So I thought we could do that again. <laughs> I think she's going to catfish her and then just film her on the internet. That seems to be her uh, MO at the moment, doesn't it? Or pretend that she's... Um, what's, his, uh, what's his face? Her boyfriend. Arthur. Uh, it's me, Arthur. Oh, gosh, yeah, meet probably. Me the, meet me at the corner is, where your sexiest cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope whatever it is that Bernie ends up with egg on her face. I don't need to see Evelyn, or I don't need to see her getting one over Evelyn. Between Bernie and Evelyn. If Evelyn comes off worse, she really does... Unsatisfying. Just, she, yeah. Um, 
I don't know what I don't know what her plan's going to be really, but um yeah, I, I is want this is it going to be the comic relief of the big dark soap yeah, week? Surely it is, and it's I can tell you now it's probably not going to be that funny. But Evelyn was great today. I'm still not completely solved on Bernie. I I thought it was odd that Bernie was putting up with all this skivvying for so long. Like, well, also, yeah, cause she, why, why, why was she banging and scraping to Evelyn? And I know, I know, it was like the, the possibility that the shop was getting sued and everything. Well, but so what? Bernie I would have care. thought that she would have. Um, well, Bernie does is is an employee of Devs. Well, she's getting another another job. I also don't like. If I was Bernie, I think I would have pointed out. It's all very nice you asking me to go to the shop for you and take the dog for a walk and cover your shifts for free. But I live in a house with four babies, a child, and two idiots. I need to earn money. For the mm. family, I can't just be going around doing chores for I, you. I, it felt like Bernie should have stood up to Evelyn a Bernie's little bit more. Bernie's not the sort of woman to be um, to made a fool of like this. No. So but it just came thing. across as feeling like very kind of low stakes. It was, it was fine, it was kind of silly, okay. but again, it wasn't as, as good I mean, as... It had Dev and Evelyn in, so it can't be bad, can but it? But I really fair. am just mad at this missed opportunity. I wanted to see the righteous anger of Evelyn taking out the viewers' frustrations on Tyrone and Alina about how low down and dirty they were. Yeah, especially because she was away for, you know, a, a, the big, a big proportion of the story at the beginning. I would really like Traveling. to see a really impassioned... Like, either I want to see some kind of really comic and, and deeply satisfying visceral attack... Or I want something very heartfelt and, and moving from her. I where think she that she could do either like, very, exactly, very well. Exactly. You know, I want... The, I mean, also, she hasn't, she hasn't said anything, but the fact that she had to put the washing out today for Fizz, because now Fizz is a, a single parent raising these children by herself, Evelyn's going to be the one picking up the sack. Mm. And she needs a one-on-one scene with Tyrone yeah. where some home truths We are need something like, you spat. know... When I was raising our Cassie, you know, my husband did this to me. I don't know. I can't remember what the back what backstory we've learned about what it was like for her raising Cassie because mm. that's uh, that's Tyrone's real mum. Poor Jackie. Uh, you know, oh, he left me for another woman when I when I was a, yeah. a young girl, and uh, you know, I could have, you know, uh, you know, maybe she could even say. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, I had you, maybe I could have run off with Arthur back then. Mm. But I didn't have the chance because I was raising you. And do I, do I, do I resent, uh, well, Cassie, I mean, do I resent Cassie for it? No, but I resent him because he left me by myself. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I, I, I did find it semi-interesting that, Ber- that Bernie was the one to, you know, get put in the story with Evelyn this week. Because they both have kind of shared interests in this affair. Because Bernie is... What's the link there? I don't know. She's Gemma's mum, and Gemma's going out with Chesney, and Chesney's the brother of oh, Fizz, yeah, who's true. the wrong party in this, and Evelyn is Tyrone's nan. But also, she's kind of on Fizz's side on this, so I don't know whether they could, you know, yeah, at the end of this, this yeah, yeah they, it, Bernie's going to try and get a revenge, Evelyn will go, fair cop, maybe I've been a bit of an old cow bag, let's try and get Fizz and Tyrone back together, or let's try and, you know, bang their heads together or something, I, I don't know, but... It, it could it could lead to a bonding experience, I suppose. Whenever I think of Tyrone and his coffee cups and his his um, feature wall with YOLO and biscuits or whatever's written on there, I have this mental image of Uncle Fester from Alan's Family Values dressed up in his white turtleneck outfit yeah. with... Um, who's that wonderful actress? I've forgotten her name. Who plays Debbie. Debbie going, Fester! And him going, yes, 
Debbie! <laughs> and yeah, running and scurrying Ty- Tyrone around. has scrubbed up a lot, hasn't he, since he's been going out with Alina. But you remember how awkward Fester... If you haven't seen Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values, you have to watch them. They're my absolute... I think they're my favourite films of all time. Uncle Fester wearing that outfit, just standing there with his kind of... His, his fists clenched and his arms held out by his sides because he's so kind of completely bewildered by this new outfit that he's been like mm. is Tyrone comfortable with fancy coffee cups in different sizes is this going to be in six months time is he going to sit down with with Fizz and he's going to have a speech and he's going to bring up these coffee cups and say that's when I knew it could never work because I like my tea in a mug and I... she would have gone yeah we both like our tea in a mug come here and then they have a passionate snog I don't know uh, Tyrone has always come across as just being a, an old granddad doesn't he you know pipe and slippers sort of guy yeah and and not interested in, in fancy material no, things, or, just like you. Exactly. And or, I, you know, I am youth a glass culture or, or, or anything woman. like that. And I, I think, I mean, he's I think out he's of quite. His depth. But he's not coming across as out of his depth. No, but he's. But I think he, he will like do. I think at some and playing along at some point it. he'll realise this. This isn't my life. But the other thing I'm thinking, Alina, here is, it's difficult because there's absolutely no reason why. A, a woman of her age who has her own job, her own business, and a boyfriend shouldn't splurge money on ridiculously overpriced coffee cups. But she's also got a man who has got children. Mm. Um, and how fair is it then for her to sort of sacrifice things that she wants because, you know, he, he has other financial issues how much has she really thought about this does she think that forever whenever she snaps her fingers and wants to you know i don't know buy something for the house he's gonna buy it for her there's got to be a limit to what she 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 must realize there's a limit here to to how much she can spend money on her is she a gold digger is this all leading up to her wanting him to sell the house because if he releases the equity on that house he's gonna have tens of thousands of pounds and that house really is his house and it's it's owned outright there's no mortgage on it that's you know that's yeah she just thinks that she can you know, flatter her eyelids speak to him in the sexy accents and give him a smile well and, good, and then she'll get what she wants but i don't i don't like the notion of her being characterized as a gold digger because she was a, the victim when she came into the yeah she was the victim but the at the show. same time is is it is it realistic would how would you feel if you were alina People saying, be a victim all your life. No, but also being like, you know, you should be happy with living in a, a little flat and having your your boyfriend... Your coffee in a normal size cup. Have a normal cup, like everybody else in Weatherfield. <laughs> you know, she's she's allowed to have aspirations and dreams, but at the same time, mm. with with Tyrone... Is that possible? I don't know. I don't know. It is really know. interesting. I just don't. I don't know how. I don't know how they're playing it because it feels a bit like we're just to think that Tyrone's a bit of a stupid tosspot. I, I, I still not. I'm not sure at the moment as well how much we're supposed to be like supporting Tyrone because this is definitely not being written in unsympathetically. I wouldn't say, but I don't want to get into an argument with that with well, anyone people, about that because people would say that. But then, people but Tyrone are... is is looking a bit more likable at the moment than I'm happy with. So I hope that he's gonna he's got a fall coming. In a way, though, I think this is quite a well written story because people are getting different things out of it yeah, from from yeah. what their perspective is. Because um, I think that. Um, Lots of people are like, oh, yeah, well, she's Fizz is a nag. He's well off without her. Uh, Alina's delightful, blah, blah, blah. I did see a lot of people saying that Alina is way too old to be putting YOLO on her her wall. (laughs) I don't know. But like I said, I don't know 
whether that's the thing in Romania. Not a clue. Maybe they're is a she bit... from Romania? Yeah. What, is Jan Jan's from Poland? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Right. Let's do this. This uh, Emma and Curtis, whatever we're going to call it, story, which was basically summed up as: there's a new character come on the street. He's going to have a relationship with another character, so therefore he needs to make himself um, un- unlikable, get into some kind of conflict with somebody who is linked to that character. And this is what happened. So Curtis appears round the side of the Rovers and Emma's out rolling the barrels on Monday and um, she invites him in for a free drink later because he helps her out. Um, she tells Johnny and Steve about this Curtis and she's actually quite pleased with herself that she's found herself a date. But oh dear, it turns out that Curtis is only this cycle hooligan who knocked Steve off the bike the other day. Excuse me. What are the chances? A cycle path? Yeah. Um... And then Steve just ends up being a pillock towards him and going, oh, you can't date that guy. Look at him. He nearly killed me. Blah, blah, blah. So there's the conflict, everybody. It was like beating around the head with it. Um, Steve goes and moans to Amy later, who takes him aside. All the money that we've done this week about all the cliches and stuff. One thing I've never, ever heard anybody describe any soap of any that's ever been made is the or using the word subtle. This was Why are you expecting it from a soap? Oh, but Steve, he's like, oh man. This Coronation is Street, for, for years, has been subtle soap. In fact, so subtle, nobody really knows what it's about. It could afford to be a bit more subtle and still retain. Get the, get the point across. Yeah, be a soap. Um, Amy, Amy's starting to worry that Steve's getting a bit obsessed with this fundraising stuff. And he says he's fine, mostly. And he says, well, look, actually, it gives me a purpose. But um, he does kind of seem to realise that he's neglecting Amy and Emma somewhat. So he goes over to see Emma and says, sorry, Curtis has kind of got the message that maybe yeah, I think it, of the it's message, not worth it because her yeah, dad's a, ma- a maniac. Yeah, the message isn't, I'm a, I'm a bad person because I knocked this guy off a bicycle. It's, this, this woman's got a psychopath for a dad. So Steve and Emma agree to do a little bit of running together, which is what we see them doing on Wednesday. And Steve also decides Aww. that he wants to ring a Curtis and apologise for being a pillock. So he shows up to meet Steve. Weirdly, he doesn't phone up Curtis and go, Curtis, look, I'm sorry. I was I was a bit I was a bit of an idiot and I was mean to you. He just I says, "Come here, I've got something and, to tell and you." And Curtis goes, "Yes, of course I'll meet you, man. I've met once in my life before. Well, twice. The first time I knocked you off a bike. I'll meet you in a park." Yeah, odd. Um, but it, we we also learn that it's very coincidental and quite. Um, yeah, what are the chances that that he needs to be there already because he's got a job interview at the bistro Curtis later. says, yeah, don't worry, I'll turn up. I've got a job interview in three hours' time. Yeah, I don't mind sitting around in a park for for three hours prior to my interview to help me really build up that tension that you need to get to get really what good in a job well interview. fortunately steve is a top businessman he used to own the rovers don't he you know he knows all about hospitality he knows all about business the last time you saw him he was shouting at a man in a pub yeah so um he agrees actually, to give curtis a mock interview being an expert in hospitality he gives curtis a mock interview um, we learn a little bit more about him through this. It'll be a character development. He's training to be a doctor. He aspires to have a work-life balance. He Good luck with that. He running for charity. He wants to do the Tour de France at one point. Also, he wants to find the love of his life and settle down. And Emma goes a little bit mushy over this because I think that she's maybe in love. This was a job interview to be Emma's boyfriend. And he passed with flying colours. Absolutely. And he got the bistro job. 
It all went wow. well. Debbie was impressed, apparently. We didn't get to see it. Didn't get to see that. Didn't get to see any Debbie this week, as far as I can tell. Anyway, so this is Curtis, everybody. Welcome. He has had his introduction story. Um, I wonder what's going to happen now. What do you think of Curtis? Cause I, I hate him. No, you, do you? Yeah, I think he's an idiot. Why? What do you think? I thought he was fine. That He didn't appear... As much as they tried to give him a bit of personality and, uh, you know, reeling off the things that made him tick. He sounded like a massive he so- liar. He sounded fine to me. He sounded like a ni- general nice guy. What's the catch, Curtis? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I want to work in the bistro to earn money part-time because I want to be a doctor and save lives. But before then, I'm going to be training for the Tour de France and I run for charity and I, I just want to meet a beautiful woman that looks exactly like Emma and have lots of gorgeous little babies with her and raise them in a cottage with brambles. And also, I murder women. Hopefully, he'll have some kind of flaw. Um, I, I think I, how? He, he wasn't the most engaging of characters. Every but he single didn't, doc- didn't give him much of a chance. They had to shoehorn in this silly. Stupid. Every male doctor story. on this program is boring and bland. Yeah. The only good doctor we've ever had is Dr. Gaddis. And if Curtis thinks he's coming into the show and being a doctor and getting rid of Dr. Gaddis, he can yes, get lost. Exactly, exactly. Get lost, Curtis. You better not oust her. No. We've only seen one episode of Dr. Gaddis in the past like 10 months or so. That's... Also, if he's training to be a doctor and he's going on about, oh, I've got do five years as this and then seven years I'll do that and then I'm going to be a consultant, blah, blah, blah. If he thinks he can have work-life balance training to be a doctor and working part-time in the bistro in Weatherfield, he's got another thing coming. He's going to get shot in the head. Do you think... Uh, Next I do... week, Polly. Do you think that Emma is the sort of girl that a doctor would, you know... Want to want to go out with? She's not exactly going to offer the most stimulating uh, conversation, is she? Uh, there will be lots of really funny conversations where he says some kind of medical thing, and she goes, "Oh, I thought that was. I'm sure I thought about... that were a village in Spain. Didn't they have that in the past? It wasn't like Maria going out with Doctor Mac, Doctor Carter, or something for a bit. I don't know. And I think Maxine went out. Oh yeah, Maxine obviously had that thing with. The other Doctor Matt, because that's yeah. where um, Baby What's His Face came from. Oh, good old Baby What's So, yeah, face. maybe the doctors on the street, they always have. Maybe they are. Something they a bit, there's something a bit off putting about a man who, who only dates women who are attractive and stupid. I, I thought he was like, fine. What, he didn't come across really as scared, being. Are you scared of being challenged by a woman? Or he something? didn't come. He didn't come across as being up himself. He seemed like nice and normal and and very homely. What's he and, doing in this show? Uh, I I think he could be a good fit for Emma as long as they give him a bit more of a personality He's than boring. just nice. Why does I think he say Emma, anything interesting? I want to be a doctor and I want to cycle for charity. I'd like to uh, Emma. I I think she deserves a bit of normality. Well, he's going to die then. No, I don't know, I don't he's know, we'll, either, we'll see. He's either going to be, like, secretly some kind of sadistic murderer who, who's been pushing men in canals, and that's where all the bodies came when Billy was looking for Todd. Mm. Or he's going to get killed because he's too good for this world. Well, Steve did ask Curtis in his job interview, his fake job interview, where do you see yourself in five years? So is that where you see him in five years? Dead. In the bottom of a canal? Yeah. No, I don't know. I didn't give him a chance. I wasn't off-put by him. I'll, that's that's the, the highest praise I can give him at this point. And it's nice that Emma's potentially got a storyline coming up. Um, and I want to see... I want Emma to be happy. I want there to be a nice, happy, perfect relationship. I mean, we just got... <laughs> we were so close with Seb and Nina just recently. So, so Coronation close. Street has proven that they can 
do a nice soppy little lovely lovely dovey romance and maybe this is a chance to see it again so it goes to show you like how insecure and um and like reverse snob snob of a person that i am when somebody says well when i when i train i eventually i want to be a doctor and my response is how dare you think you're better than everyone else <laughs> right speaking of um sabanina Gemma, aretha franklin oh. over to you on Friday, this is the first time we get the story. Um, it was today. George, George is um, in the cafe with Nina and he says, oh, we're all set for the interview tomorrow. I'm going to make sure that... Interview? <laughs> I get funerals and interviews confused, <laughs> but luckily I'm always dressed appropriately for both. <laughs> <laughs> he says, um, yeah, don't, don't worry. We're going to give Seb a really great send off at the funeral tomorrow. And Nina's stunned because she didn't even know it was going it was going to happen that soon. And she reckons that Abby didn't tell her on purpose because she doesn't want her to know. Meanwhile, Abby is struggling to cope. Um, she's at Sally's house. Elaine's not helping her. Um, Nina tells Asha that she should be there at the funeral because that's what Seb would want. But um, what will Abby say? And, and Asha says, look, I'll go with you to talk to her, to get her to, con- to convince her to let you go. And then she suddenly gets this mystery text. She goes, oh, I can't, actually. Um, we'll do it this evening. And um, Nina says, no, she goes by herself. But the text was Corey. So Ashley meets up with him, and he's like, oh, I'm grounded because I killed a guy. God, God. <laughs> Par- so unfair. Parent- My parents only got really strict out of nowhere. <laughs> um, he says, like, I can't really court- talk about the court case. Um, when but I will anyway. Yeah, I will anyway, because I'm a criminal. Um, he blames Kelly. He's, yeah. he's keeping up that story. Yeah, it was definitely was her, her did what it, done it. Did it. Um, and he says, look, why don't we go up to the flat because it's still empty. And Asha stalls, saying, oh, it's too, it's too soon for us to be more than mates. And, and she leaves. But um, And then she phones him later and says, oh, maybe I was being a bit hasty. So she's she said before that she's got this plan, hasn't she? To, to yeah, she's told Ardy to that she's trying to lure him, him to in and get him to open up. Confess and, that yeah. he's the one that did it. Which, so I think at the time, when when he said, let's go back to the flat, she was uh, obviously understandably terrified about being locked in this place with a murderer. Mm. And she, I think she thinks that he did it. But that, but then this scene kind of shows that maybe I, I can get something out of him. Yeah. Um, Uh-oh. So Nina goes around and sees Abby. And she says, listen, I know that you didn't tell me about the funeral because you didn't want me to come, so I won't. I don't want to make it any harder than it is already. And Abby says, yep, you're bang on. I don't want you there. I'm sad. Leave me alone. And um, Nina leaves and Abby cries. That was so sad. And Nina says something about the galloping horses of grief and how they sort of come upon you faster than you expecting. And um, Abby is... I think Abby's touched and understands that Nina feels her grief too, but she's not prepared to let her guard down and acknowledge Nina's suffering mm. because she's only cares about herself at the moment, which is fair enough. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to this story ramping up again this week. It's only been, you know, week and a half or so since we last saw any of this and it, it feels, it feels so like long. I know it does. It really, really does. It was because the the quality of Corey took a nosedive these past two weeks, yeah. isn't it? Um but yeah, this is this is going to be back in the rotation again. I'm loving. I, I I adore Nina and Abby. Really interesting to see that Nina is still looking like a normal, for want of a better word. A normal. She she just looks so odd. She still looks without like... her costume. Not a costume. Sorry, she's in a you costume keep now, isn't costume. she? This is her costume. Her jeans and jumper. Yeah. Um, she still looks like a Tim Burton character without without the fancy black 
outfits because she's got such massive eyes mm. and they're sort of <laughs> black ringed with with sadness oh, i can't, just I like can't. i'm just character. i'm just so excited not even about what happens next week in this i'm just looking forward to those two characters doing anything yeah because i'm sure they'll be fantastic so i mean the betting is here that um she's going to turn up at the funeral she, well abby will ask her to come you reckon? Yeah. She's not just going to turn... I think she'll be there. Will she just turn up, though? No, I don't think she'll just... I think she's I think she's, she's more respectful, respectful, isn't she? To, and I, don't forget also that Roy found her bag of clothes with all her mm. black dresses. Oh, yeah. Well, Asha's got those. Asha's got she, them. Yeah. So maybe Asha will give her a dress to wear. Yeah. Because where, you know, if you wearing black at a funeral, you're not going to stand out. You might as well. I don't, I don't think... You'll stand we... out more if you wear white. It, <laughs> it makes sense for, you know, dramatically for plot purposes for Abby to be mad at Nina in the immediate aftermath of Seb's death, but to not have them have some kind of tearful reconciliation by the graveside, I'm, it'd I'm be a bit of a missed opportunity, there's really. going to be a really satisfyingly emotional scene of them. I don't yeah. know whether they, they can't hug each other, though. That's the thing. Are they going mm. to bubble up and to have a scene? Because they've, they're, honestly, they've done it for more ridiculous... What, Kevin and, Kevin and Debbie in the freezer? They really didn't need Kevin and Debbie to bubble up for that scene. but they No, no more than other characters maybe needed to. But there's been plenty of reasons why they... Well, I guess they just need it. somebody with, a, with a, a Nina wig, actually. Yeah. They don't need... Get Joe Duttine in a, in, a, in a Nina wig and then they can have a nice <laughs> hug from behind. <laughs> well, they just need... Yeah, they just need an Abby and... They need a couple who are, like close family or perhaps gay yeah. gay women to who have exactly the same hair as Nina and Abby mm. to to have a faceless hug I hope that there's funeral. something and I, if they've put that in the paper to recruit I want to see the advert <laughs> I, I I really have got no idea when Coronation Street can go back to these close huggy scenes and and, and I've been, been I feel like times. I've been very tolerant of it and understanding but at some point, they've got to go back to it. And I understand they can't rush it. But, yeah, it's a, it's a shame. It was, it's, because the thing, the thing is that they haven't capitalised on is the fact that you literally can't do this in real life. Um, I mean, you can now. You can hug people outside. Mm. But they haven't really used this as an excuse for why people aren't hugging, and it's been a bit strange. Because in real life, you know, I've had situations where it's like, oh, well, I wish I could give you a hug or whatever. They they had that scene, I remember. Was it Gemma and yeah, somebody? Abby. Uh, yeah, outside the fish and chip Abby shop. Abby said that. Then. It would have yeah. been good to have seen a bit more of that. I don't know. But do you remember when the, like, this probably around this time last year when the pandemic was getting into full swing and people were talking about you can't hug, and all these people were coming up with these weird inventions of, like, plastic sheets with, with like, arms, like big arms coming through so you could give your grandma a oh, hug oh is it like through. in Pushing Daisies because those know. two characters couldn't touch could they oh yeah it's just like that yeah oh, do you remember did anyone else like Pushing Daisies that was great wasn't it yeah um, I, I, yeah I, I, so yeah what they need is a big grieving plastic sheet yeah so that Abby can give everyone a hug at the funeral <laughs> and then spray her down with a bit of um, anti-bag it's, it's going to be good it's going to be good it's going to be sad so next week we've will got we, the will funeral we, the thing is will we get to see the funeral I don't know or is That's it going true. to be one of these other they come back from the funeral like with Jeff so we don't actually well, get to see any of it it could always be a scene where they, it's like Abby go you know they, they get in the car and, and Nina's looking and she she's sad and Abby sees her and says, oh, Nina, come with me. And then they go off together and then they come back and go, that was good one. I mean, I complain that they haven't had the uh, as much hugging 
but they have at least started doing a little bit of location filming, haven't they? And maybe the fact that this is a special week next week means that we maybe get a church side scene. I don't need I don't that, know. though. I, I think it would be just as poignant to have um, the like the hearse... With Aretha Franklin. With Aretha Franklin and the, the, the morning car... And George with a top hat and his, you know, outfit. And they mm. have a, do they have a cane marching yeah, down not? the road and just have a scene? They could literally just have the, a silent scene of George just leading the, the, the coffin down the road. I have every faith in Coronation Street that they will do a good they'll job do, because something they do will the, be those, both, those two weeks that we were, they're almost wholly dedicated to this story a couple of weeks ago were just fantastic from start to finish. So with they're going back on, you know, that filming block or whatever, that story, I'm, I'm sure it'd be fantastic. I, I, it's been odd how we've not had any Eileen involvement. We thought that with Todd working at the funeral parlour well, and Eileen and George. and about him dying. Yeah. And um, that was it. But yeah, Eileen is, seems to be being kept away from lots of characters at the moment. By the way, I saw that... Um, Lisa George was back to filming this week. Oh, that's good. She's been, she's been shielding for a long time, so yeah. Yeah, we'll get to see a bit more Beth Such frustrating. In, uh, in a month or so. It, so really, it really, really is. It must be so frustrating for her. I yeah. have done that yeah. for so long. Anyway, this story, part of this story, is the one little spoiler that I've seen for next week, and I've not looked too far into it. I've been really, really <laughs> trying hard to avoid spoilers for next week, and I've seen something related to this, so I don't <laughs> want to say any more. Um, what could it be? Well... I can't speculate because I know. You do. But I don't know much. I don't know much. Um, finally, we've got the Peter story, the stand and delivered. And it looks like a delivering is on the card soon because he's back on the transplant list, we find out today. Um, thank goodness for that. And now they just have to wait to find a donor. And Adam and Daniel um, kind of get their heads together in today's episode. And they say then we really, really should offer our livers up or at the very least go for a test to find out if one of our livers is viable, which I'm sure it will be. Word gets to Sarah Lou about this, who's not happy because, yes, she is in a relationship with Adam at the moment. I think that's right. Well, even if she's not, she's still looking for an excuse to be mad about something because yeah. that's all her character seems to be at the moment. So she comes around with a wonky finger at Adam and says, oh, you you, you can't just go offering your liver about left, right and centre. What's she's going like, on with you? Adam, half of that liver is technically mine by law. <laughs> um, so what are you going to do? Give him a core of your liver because that's all you can give him. And that's do basically need, it, really. need to keep a bit for yourself. Uh, n- nothing particularly exciting in that story. I'm kind of disappointed that it was ramping up this week because whatever excellence that next week serves for the well, for the Sharon plot and the Seb plot, this is going to be, you know, bubbling away there as well, which is a bit of a shame because I'm not that interested. interested. I'm assuming that either Daniel or Adam will be a match or maybe they will both be a match. I mean, Sarah seems to be... Um, She's desperately trying to talk Adam out of it. I wonder whether maybe Adam goes for a test with Daniel. Daniel's not a match, but Adam is. But Sarah's convinced Adam to not go through with it at that point, maybe. I don't know. Well, L- Like many of these things, it feels like Peter getting a new liver is just inevitable. So I'm kind of thinking, let's just get it out of the I think I said all along, I just assumed Daniel's going to give him a liver. His liver. So I just assume. I don't know why I got that idea from. I don't know. But, um... It, this was a very sort of... This is one of these ones where the scenes just feel like they have to... They're going through the motions that you have to... You have to have these <clears throat> these scenes. They didn't... Luckily, they didn't dwell on them too long because it's, you know, it feels like it writes itself. I need a liver. 
oh, my relatives could give me a liver. The relatives talk, liver. talk to each other and go, oh, gosh, we probably should, but what do we feel about it? Oh, it would be terrible if we didn't, but this is, you know, our lives we're talking about. Okay, let's do it. And then, and then the guy that they give the liver to goes, no, I can't possibly accept this liver. How, what what kind of a man would I be if I just stole my livers off of all of my relatives? And then and then the girlfriend of the person says, you've got to take the liver. If they offered it to you, they love you. They're your family. They, everyone wants you to live. You know what I mean? Like, they, they do have a bit of that anybody, conflict, don't they? They've you got... could put any characters into this situation and it would have been exactly the same. I reckon. Yeah, because because this is a... Carl is the one that's pushing for the... Uh... There's nothing uniquely there, uniquely there's nothing unique about any of these characters reactions to this storyline in my opinion. No. Um but Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. That's all right. I think you we ran out of the, steam. You moved the thing. So, oh, sorry. Um I can't remember I was going to say something and I can't remember what it was. I'm sure it was very deep. Oh, anyway, up. that was the end of this week. Um uh, but like like I said, I think that I mean I, I quite enjoyed having a chat oh, about this. Oh, go on. The only thing I was going to say was what, I what, think what? that if you, I don't know if anyone's in this situation, but I'm, I, I think I remember reading that you can get yourself tested and you can tell the doctors to tell the person that you were not a match. The doctors will not give the information out that you were a match if you don't want them to. So, oh, okay. Like, if this, if this, if you're ever in this so situation... So Adam might be a match and then say, actually, I don't want to do it, please, doc. Please don't tell him yeah. that I'm a match. Because the doctor, you know... They, they've got to protect all of their patients. Maybe he'll do that for a bit and then he'll get a pang of guilt and say, oh, no, you can have me liver after all, after a, a month or so, I don't know. Who anyway, knows? I you thought... You enjoy talking about it. I enjoyed chatting about that with you, even though I, I was definitely feeling a bit... this week for the first two episodes. Tonight's really, really helped. It was it's Sally um, and Sharon that... Sally Ann and Sally Ann and Tracy. I get so confused. But yeah, the 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 quick resolution to Sam and a van, um, the 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 women <laughs> with being scared of a mouse, um, the Falling the low stakes Evelyn and and Bernie stuff. It was all just kind of like whatever. Um, but I know, but you've got to have these things in it. Yeah, and, I know, I know. You no, know, and and fodder, much fodder has been made of these seemingly mm. um, innocuous harmless stories in the past you know there are legendary scenes of things that are completely pointless in the grand scheme of things that have gone down in coronation street history but none of these have because i don't think that they were very strong Mm. i'm going to give this week three three rvs with an h out of five i think (laughs) what about you i'm gonna give it um Two and a half, Ooh, two and a half okay. cappuccinos in a glass cup made from a compostable pod. Lovely. Okay. And um, that, can I just say that they're <laughs> Tyrone and Alina are making a big deal out of the fact that they got an espresso machine. Like, you can get one of those for a pound. I sometimes wish that I like coffee. Whenever you have your little coffees at your espresso machine, it's mm. just like so easy. You put a neat little pod in it and it, and comes... it goes... Yeah, I just, I just don't like coffee. I like coffee chocolate. I like coffee I ice cream. I hate coffee chocolate and I hate anything But I don't like coffee. drinking a cup of coffee. I like my frappuccinos. Yeah, you like coffee ice cream. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Well, yeah. I will say that I've never had a coffee that tasted as good as it smells. But... I do like the smell of coffee as well. Monmouth coffee in um, London 
in that market, Borough Market, it's the best cup of coffee I've ever had in my whole life. I keep thinking about it. I went to, I went to London like this time last year. No, back in March it, it was. It was, it was literally days before days lockdown. Days before lockdown it? when everybody was talking about it and I was like, I'm never going to get a chance to go to London again because everyone's going to die of the plague. And I went there and I went to Borough Market and I had chorizo in a bun and a lovely coffee and it was the, just bliss. It will happen again. I'm sure it will. Um, character of the week, Bradders. Obviously, <laughs> gotta be Jenny. Um, sorry, no, but no, when I was watching Monday and Wednesday's Beardo episode, Beardo Van Man is now yeah. been in it two weeks on a trot. You and can't I go think... to Beardo Van Man. Come on, come on. <laughs> Not when Jenny Bradley. Connor played such she's going to be Bradley again at some point isn't she but she played <laughs> such a blinder she was long. fantastic she was right on form that is exactly Jenny I loved... how I want the f- standing there she had a great green dress on she was there with her arms folded yep. the death stairs were flying great. thick and fast it was detective Jenny vengeance yeah on I the case loved it I really really loved it this week so without a shadow of doubt she was my character of the week absolutely agree with you I mean Bill Van Man Sorry, there's a new ginger. I don't in town. even know what his name is, so it'd be rude to give him it twice in a row. <laughs> um, yeah, she was fantastic. If you fantastic. give it him again, then that means Pedo Van Man is no longer, um, you know, the Van Man of choice. No, <laughs> no, I think she was fantastic. Like you said, um, really great watching her in those scenes and seeing her like the. I just like it. I, I liked it when she kind of was realizing when she was smelling a rat. When she was telling her that when she was gritting her teeth with through the, uh, yeah. the, the oh you're staying are you yeah. I just I just loved that she had yeah she had a I liked her a having bone. a mission finally it was it was a mission mm, that wasn't just get Ronnie in bed <laughs> and yeah very yeah and, and the the two foster daughters playing against each other That's very what we've natural been for, yeah yeah, mm. yeah and and she brought Rita back in as well through the back yeah. door lovely <laughs> Rita turn up again I don't know what you're going on about I'm going home yes. Um, <laughs> And that's, that's it. it. That is it. Um, so it's uh, that is that is street talk for this week, and um, we're about to go and uh, hop in our time machine. I think for the cabin. Ooh. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, it's time for the news. This is news from the past. Is it news? Can you have news from the past? This is definitely the past because you're listening to this on four hundred and seventy-two. Yeah. We haven't even recorded four hundred and seventy-one yet. It yeah. is last Friday. And Gemma is going to tell me about something very exciting that she's got up to today, which you weren't allowed to talk about on the last episode of the no. podcast. So, yeah, we're recording this on the 21st of May, which is when there was a special press conference, Zoom press conference, with Colson and the... Colson who? Colson Smith, who plays Craig Tinker and um, lovely Francesca from the... Oh, thank you, so was she? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so this, we, we got an invite for this a couple of days ago, hadn't we? And um, this is your first one. I was really nervous. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, I've done two of these now, and but they were obviously a bit spoilery and everything as well, which is obviously like, oh, I don't, I want to know, but I don't want to know. But this was this was not about Coronation Street, no. was it? And so we can talk about this freely, um, because yeah, it's not spoiler at all. And in fact, you I, and I don't know anything about it other than I'll you said you. by the time this goes out, um, there'll be a trailer for something. Okay, so, so people will know. Colson Smith, as as you have might have known since January last year has been on what he terms a weight loss journey, even though he says it's a bit cheesy to say that. <laughs> um, so he, he's lost weight. They, they made a point of saying that they weren't going to reveal how much weight that he's lost because it's not about the numbers. About how you feel. Um, <laughs> he looks. He looks a, a bit. Uh, you know. He looks better, doesn't he? I will he, say. He should be jolly proud of himself. Oh yeah, he looks absolutely amazing. I I really think they're being a bit responsible here because I I assume that he has lost quite a lot of weight, and I don't think that they want to encourage people 
you know, to chase numbers or like to, yeah. you know, because weight loss can, weight weight loss is like a really important thing to encourage people to do. But at the same time, there are lots of unhealthy behaviours surrounding how you lose weight. And sometimes you can get triggered into those things if you're not yeah. careful. I will say nobody, nobody cares about getting fat. Nobody cares about not harming people by getting fat or like advertising McDonald's to them. Um, no one <laughs> seems to worry about do. that, but because he was talking, he, he it was like about how did it work? Forty did he... minutes of yeah. of him talking about what he's what he's done, and, and and basically he's releasing a documentary called "Bored of Being the Fat Kid," and it's going to be out on the second of June. It's oh, about cool. eleven minutes long. It is going to be on his YouTube channel, which apparently exists but has got nothing on it as of yet. Yeah, I didn't know yet. And the trailer was released on Monday, so by the time you listen to this, you would have been able to see it. Um, and he was basically saying that he he was with a fat kid between the ages of 11 and 21. He got fed up with it, and he thought that, um, well, from the time that he started on the show, he had a Twitter account, and he could see what people were saying about him. Yeah. And he said that, um, you know, you go on there to sort of find out what they thought of the character or his performance, and all anyone ever talked about was how fat he was. And I'm, he got, I'm sure that that's... I, I'm sure that's not everybody did. But I suppose if you if that's the well, what you're going to... That's yeah. what you hear, isn't it? I don't it? think he's wrong. I think that people are very... We've, we've spoken to people who are on the show who are, um, let, let's say, av- like... The standard, the standard good-looking actor. What are you laughing about? No, nothing, nothing. The standard good-looking, like, like if you look like that, you'd think that you'd had no problems in the world. Yeah. They go on Twitter and read stuff about what they look like that's negative. So Coulson, I thought I thought you were going to say we've spoken to people that work on the show that are just kind of like average-looking. <laughs> <laughs> who could it, they talk about me? Who who could it be? Um, no, I didn't say that. I did not. So he said, he he, he basically, uh, the challenge is, the first one was lockdown, but he he thought that actually it was a good thing for him because he, he feels like he's a people pleaser and he actually didn't have to worry about anybody but himself. He could focus on himself and do what he wanted. And it seems that that involves running for an hour a day. Had he decided to do this before lockdown last year? Yes, he'd already, okay. he says in October, he spoke, in 2019, he spoke with Ian McLeod about his story and ongoing stuff, and he said, I want to lose some weight, am I allowed to, and can we tie that into Craig's story? So, there was supposed to be a storyline that ran throughout 2020 that was just about him losing weight. Oh, really? Because we saw, we saw bits of that, didn't we? We had him and Imran going on, like, two runs or something, yeah. and that was that going to be a bigger story? Yeah. Um, ah, cool. But lockdown happened, and then they didn't pursue it, but no. he did, and he said he's kind of glad that that happened, because... He thinks that it helped him to pursue his goals. Right? He said, if I did it for just a story, I might not have actually bothered. But because I did it for me, I was yeah. more motivated. I wonder whether there was, like, was there the worry that what, what if it didn't work? And, and this is plotted, that well, Craig, said, Craig is going to lose weight. He's like, oh, suck it in. He said he tried before other times to lose weight and doing crash diets and things. It didn't work. But he said from day one... He was certain he was going to be able to do this and he was always confident that he could. Yeah. But then he does later on say that he, um, he didn't, he, when he looks back on himself, because he recorded himself all the way through, and this is what the documentary okay, okay. features, is videos that he recorded as, as he progressed. And he said, if I look back on myself at the very beginning, I can tell I didn't believe in myself, but now I do. Yeah. Um, the second challenge he mentioned was that he said, when you lose weight, everyone can see. But um, but when you're fat, no one says anything to you. <laughs> and it was really weird for people to mention. 
that he like congr- and congratulate him for losing weight when it's like kind of saying oh congratulations that you don't look like you did before yeah. which is very awkward um and he also felt frustrated when people were saying oh wow you've done really well but he wasn't where he wanted to be mm. um did he, he had a goal weight in mind did he he did he, okay so i'll talk about that in a minute okay. um the director I, feel, I haven't got the actual name of the full name of the person who directed this but it's somebody he worked on coronation street yeah and i probably should know his surname but it's tim okay. something um and he said he wanted he's he's the only person that he trusted to do this documentary with him and if he hadn't agreed to do it he wouldn't have bothered doing it at all mm. and initially when he first wanted to do this documentary he all he wanted it for was for himself mm. so he and his mum could sit down because we know his mum's very proud of him sit yes. down and watch this video a documentary about himself and his journey does Colson's mum still listen to this podcast I don't know actually I don't know I haven't heard I know that she used to she hello used Colson's to. mum if you're listening <laughs> um, I'm very sure, proud yeah, of your you boy you should be very proud because he's done a, an amazing job so he said so yeah so Tim is a very talented documentary maker and he helped him along with Ben Price who is um, who plays um, Nick Nick on the show he oh, is a bit of running does Nick Colson's flatmate and also co-host of the podcast that they do with Jack P. Shepherd, which is the Sofa Cinema Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he, he calls him his flatmate and second father. And um, he also said that, like, at the beginning, he was taking up all the room in the fridge with his food prep. And Ben Price was saying, I'm going to have to get another fridge just for me. Yeah, I've seen lots on, um, like, I don't, I can't remember, like, on his Instagram or whatever about the various healthy meals he's had. Because do he have, like, packages delivered? He didn't talk of, like... about that. Oh, OK. Um, so... Colson talked to Ben about the idea of doing this this um, documentary and he was like, yeah, go for it. Mm. And then Tim suggested that he does a master interview that goes throughout this and Ben is the person who did the interview with him. Oh. I don't know if he ever appears on the screen, but I assume that Colson's going to be sort of answering questions yeah. that have been posed by Ben Price. So that, that's interesting. Really and interesting said, to see the, the weight loss. Like, what does he say, 45 minutes? Though? No, 11 minutes long. What did I get 45 minutes from? So the That's documentary... That's how long the um, press conference Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the documentary is 11 minutes long. Yeah. So we're going to be seeing some rapid Yeah. Progress, he said even um, looking back, his voice changes, ah. he thinks. Um, so, yeah, and he said Ben knew exactly what, what, to, what to ask. Mm. Um, and he says, watching it back at the beginning, he feels, he says, all, all my life I've wanted to be an entertainer and I wanted to be a showman. Yeah. And I put on a performance whenever I'm on camera. And I, when I look back at the very beginning of the documentary and I first recorded the clips, I can tell like, I'm performing and I'm not being Colson. Yeah. Um, and I didn't believe in myself. But it, change, it changes. I've changed from a person who doesn't like myself to somebody who does. Yeah. And he said he, he, so he started running when lockdown started and it took him three weeks to actually really get into it. But he says, I am the sort of person who likes running. Did Which, you say, how long did you say it was a mile a day? No, he runs it for an hour. An hour a day, okay. okay. And he yeah, said he, during this process, he learned to like, believe and trust in himself. Yeah. And he also said food was the self-harm for me. And this is something I've spoken about on the podcast as well, about how you use food. As, and like he said, uh, at times I felt like I had an eating disorder, which is something I've spoken about as well. So I'm going to be very interested to, to see his progress and stuff. Yeah, was this, was this an inspirational... Uh, no, it just depressed me, to be honest. <laughs> hey, um, he said... He said, um, I respect myself now because Colson deserves 100% effort from Colson. And he said he hid away from everything um, and he wants to help people and inspire people who are in a similar position to he was. 
Um, and he also mentioned how great the running community is. And he says he, he didn't want to talk about like how much weight he'd lost. Or, and that somebody asked him what goals he'd set himself. And he said it changes as you as you go through your journey. Like at the beginning, I had like a goal. And then it changed, like, so when I started running, I had a goal of, like, how far I want to run or how long I want to run for. And as he said, basically, as long as you've always got a goal and it changes and it's sort of something that you're interested in, um, you're going to you're gonna do it for, you know, it's going to... Yeah. It's going to motivate you, basically. And he said it's about building a weight loss, a, a lifestyle that works for you. Um, and... He said he didn't want to be the person to preach about who, you know, eating this or that. Yeah. He just wanted to, um, wanted to inspire people to change their relationship with food and them, basically with themselves. He's mm. basically, he was like, he was all the way through, he felt, it, he was kind of reluctant to really go into what is, um, I think the thing about weight loss is there's so much woo-woo cheerleading mm. and silly kind of empty like slogans that people say and he didn't want to fall into that trap of sounding like that but yeah. he 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 really was talking about it like it was a journey saying I know it's cheesy and but I really feel like I respect myself more I've changed as a person as I've gone through this and um it, yeah he's he just seemed really happy and he said um the only thing I want to do is run I fell in love with it um my relationship with food has changed um and he doesn't he didn't talk much about food or really um his exercise routine beyond saying that he likes running because mm. he said it's more more about it in the documentary and his advice is if you want to do it you must make a start and do it for yourself because you deserve it and this is very true um and he also mentions about how before when he tried to um lose weight he did crash diets and then he rewarded himself with food <laughs> which uh we all I, know doesn't i think help. um yeah i can Relates and he to said that one. he also reckons that his documentary is very relatable, even if you don't watch Corey, because it's a universal sort of story about somebody yeah. sort of overcoming the their. So when when's this? When can we see this documentary? It's coming out on the second of June, which is Global Running Day. Oh, cool! And he is he's dropped his trailer already on Instagram, on his Instagram and his YouTube, which is Colson Smith. As I said before, that's his channel's name. Yeah. I think I've covered everything that he said. Um, how did he was it was it was it a fun kind of did, did he come across as being nice and chatty? he was really relaxed we've all seen him on Corey Good News haven't we I just wanted we? to say that I really felt like watching him on Corey Good News was watching somebody who had f- finally found peace with himself you know yeah and I, I, I hope that he would agree with that I don't want to put words in his mouth but um, yeah he really doesn't feel like he just lost weight for a year and a half mm. it feels like he spent a year and a half really working on himself as a person and um rather than sort of doing these things like eating certain foods and running or exercising to for the goal of losing 20 pounds in a month or whatever first of all don't do that (laughs) um he he did it because he wanted to treat himself as well as he deserved to be treated yeah and i think anybody who's tried to do stuff like this understands that kind of um mindset is what you need to get into because if you're punishing yourself by eating salad and you know going for a run and you hate it, it you're not going to be doing stuff, it you know exactly so that's Colson, great he found um, you really loved sounds like he really yeah he's um why can't you lose weight like podcasting uh because we're not lifting things up and putting them back down again i think <laughs> oh. i know this is what is really frustrating because like human nature is just everything that 
is bad for us is stuff we love like sitting around <laughs> sleeping eating <laughs> yeah oh, oh well, well. Oh, but well. yeah so colson colson is like he said he's completely changed as a person which is really interesting yeah um and he is just happy happy than he, happier than he used to be and um much more Good. Less, less, much less of him than they used to be. Good. So, uh, the, uh, the overall, then, how did you find your first press conference um, experience? Well, it started really. It started later than it should have done. It was like, like only by five minutes. But I was like, oh no, have I done the wrong thing? I clicked on the wrong stuff. You just waited so, for, for Frankie to let you in. Yeah, yeah. and I was so paranoid because I hate because I I'm fat and I don't like looking at myself. I have a. I have a sticker over the my front-facing camera on my phone in case uh, yeah, I've my got... phone ever t- turns on accidentally and I see my horrible face. You were doing some kind of thing. When you did Tanisha's interview the other day, you were d- practising with the camera and I sat down next to you and I saw myself on the camera by accident and I was horrified. So what, before, the, um, before it started, I put a massive bit of gorilla tape over the camera on your laptop in case I appeared by accident but then um yeah it was fine I just I managed to work out how to mute the the microphone immediately which is really good so when so when you have a zoom press conference with Coronation Street you've talked about this before but I just say briefly it's just like a normal zoom meeting except pretty much everybody has their camera off and you also all have to have your cameras muted and if you want to ask a question you do it through the chat yeah so I noticed there was a there was definitely a question that didn't get asked to him, which was about, oh, do female celebrities slide into your DMs since you've lost weight? Which is like, oh, really? <laughs> I don't remember who asked that, but they did have some tabloid journalists. You, you didn't ask any questions. I didn't ask any questions because I thought maybe we could do an interview with him if he's interested. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, it sounds like the sort of thing you might want to talk to us about. We've never had him on the show before. No, we have met him in real life once we saw him at the, um, at the set, didn't we? Yeah, and he said he liked the bit that we recorded where I ranted about him being told off for using his phone in traffic. Yes. Yeah. So he's going to have a positive opinion on us, maybe. I don't know. Oh, he did back I then. Mean, I, would like, I would like to talk to him about it. but um, He could be your guru, Gemma. He could be your weight loss coach. The thing is, you can't, look, I've lost weight before and it didn't, lo- it didn't last. Um, but I do know, I did, I did do it quite successfully for like... A, couple of years mm. and you have to do it for you can't you, nobody else can make you do it i know you can't get somebody else to do it for you well, I, I, I managed to lose some weight as i don't know i lost yeah. like good for you stone and a half <laughs> a couple of years ago yeah but you he was very i mean he was very inspirational um and he talked about all the right things and he's definitely got his head in the right place and I'm very happy for him because I remember when he first lost all the way I was thinking everyone was really paying so much attention to it and talking about it a lot and I was thinking I what I don't want to happen for him is what happened to me which is where you just get you just slide backwards mm. and I was thinking imagine how bad it would be if that happened yeah. and he was also in the public eye and everyone had made such a big fuss about it so but from what he said it sounds like that's not likely to happen but hey if it does you know. Oh, it sounds really nice. You said he has his head in the right place, and you get some people who've you know, done things like this, and their head is in the wrong place, which is up their own ass. But it sounds like he was <laughs> very, very nice about Listen. it, and just you know, very genuine, which is how he always comes across. Oh yeah, definitely. When we've you know, seen him, seen him in the past, and he's certainly by no means the first Coronation Street celebrity to talk about their weight loss in a public manner. Mm. But he's certainly the first one I can think of who's just gone, "Oh look, here's a documentary I made for myself. Do you want to watch it? Yeah. It's free." 
and that's it because he said oh I, you know I, I, could, I would write a book but I can't spell <laughs> um, and I, I just think it's really sweet and very Coulson to um, to release a documentary for free about it in, in the hopes that it might help somebody eventually yeah, yeah. and um, he's such a nice bloke and like I said about when he did the Corrigan News stuff just felt like that persona that you saw there was a result of him and his hard work that he's put into sort of getting his head in the game and and really doing everything for himself and his own benefit. And it sounds sounds kind of selfish, but it isn't really because you know you you have to help yourself before you can help other people, and that is exactly what I think he's done. Oh, so good. I'm really proud of him. I'm sure his mum's really proud of him. Bet she is. And um, I can't so wait to ben watch Price. this. Yeah, Ben's really proud of him, yeah. and so is Tim. Yeah. I can't wait to see this documentary. So it's second of June. And it's going to be on his, in his YouTube page. Cool, cool, cool. Well, you know what? I, I don't know whether we're going to be, you know, getting to feedback now, or whether there's going to be more news that comes up. There but, could um, be something that happens. There could be. I mean, this might oh, be yeah. relegated to news number two, to be it honest, be. if something major happens next. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll stop now. We'll, um, we'll go and strangle the cat who uh, provided her own musical accompaniment throughout that, I'm sure you heard. And um, yeah, we, we will see you in, in a, just a second. And we're back to the present day. Hello, everybody. Did we do an intro to the cabin? What? At the beginning of that? Yeah, we just literally said it's the news from the past. It's fine. So that was us talking about Colson Smith a week ago after Gemma went on a little press Zoom thing. And now it's all out in the open. Everybody knows about it. So I I hope you enjoyed hearing Gemma's Gemma's story. And we've seen the trailer and everything. We just watched that again, haven't we? I know. So that's coming out on Tuesday, well, Wednesday, the the, the documentary. And it's going to be on his YouTube. Yeah. I don't know how bitter I sounded when we did that. I was thinking back to us, uh, my conversation that I had with you. Um, and I was also watching this and he was talking very heartfelt about how he was fed up with how he looks and he didn't want to be fat anymore. And I'm just... You're supposed to be inspirational and you were just like, well, I couldn't do it. No, it really is. It's triggering. You need Coulson as a running a buddy. It, honestly, it's triggering so many feelings in me watching that. I'm really proud of him and I'm really pleased with him. But at the same time, it does make me feel mad at myself. Because he, he had like a, a quick transformation as well, didn't he? It felt like one I minute think... he was you know, how he was and the next minute he was super thin. Well, he, I think he had lots of meal prep bought in. Mm. This is what I was trying to do, but we don't, we don't have the spare money for me to get fancy food. And that's the reason. Also, I don't like to eat too many vegetables. You <laughs> Michael said to me today, what green stuff are we having for dinner? I, I know what I meant. I know what I meant. Um... We, so that was good. Good luck, Colson. Hope that the um, documentary goes I, down yeah, well. I don't want, yeah. And don't forget I'm, everybody to look out for it on I'm Tuesday, really excited Wednesday. to watch it and I am really, really pleased for him. I'm really, really pleased for him. And yeah. I also really like the fact that he's into running because I used to really love running. That, um, so you did your foot in. I, that's where it all went wrong, honestly. Mm. And it's sad because it happened on Halloween and that's my favourite day of the year part of my birthday month. so take Which a look out for that just like this time okay. last week we were tell you in, telling you to look out for the Airbnb Coronation Street <laughs> stay overnight thing which um, Gemma and I completely forgot about when Tuesday rolled along We were. I was like oh you know you, you heard me last week on the podcast how I wanted to get in there and swipe this prize away from anyone else because surely I deserve it 
Well, but, it's no, a good job that it didn't it. present us with a dilemma. It would have been a dilemma. Uh, we oh. would never have got it. I, I never, I never uh, thought that we would get it anyway, but I did think that we'd at least, you know, remember it. to enter it. We've got to be in it but to win we it. Got to, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? Quarter past and one. And I, I, I just happened to go onto our Facebook group at like quarter past one and I saw there was a post from somebody saying, oh, I went on Airbnb, but I, 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 it was already sold out. Well done to whoever got it. And, and I was went. like, oh, boom. Okay. I forgot to, I forgot completely about that. So obviously we definitely didn't deserve it. So I can guarantee you there will be a definite one place I won't be on my birthday and that is... Oh, it's so sad. It's so Manchester. sad. I wanted to do well, that for Jamie's birthday. congratulations to whoever... Definitely whoever. congratulations. I would love, love, love to be able to have, um, to be able to chat to the person on the podcast once they've, I'm once sure they've been on it. I'm sure if whoever won it was Are you a, a listener? listener, they would have told us by now, so... Um, just well, think need, about how excited them. we need to track them down. They'll be when they find out when they move when they go in for their night's day that not only is there sixty years worth of Coronation Street loaded on the telly, but we've also hidden speakers that will play our podcast nonstop for the entire duration of their stay. We, we, we just smuggled in a, a wind up radio. And we'll, and we'll be, uh, be broadcasting, broadcasting it, yeah. Radio, Re- uh, Radio Weatherfield. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, uh, what else have we got in the news this week? All oh, the NTA um, nominations came out this week. I'm the scandal with old Maureen Lippman in here, but we don't talk about gossip on the show. No, no, let's not mention again. that. And I definitely don't want to get into Israel versus Palestine on a Coronation Street podcast. No, I think thing. that's um, beyond our she's, scope, isn't she's, it? As, as you might know, she's an outspoken lady of Jewish descent. And she had a few things to say when the head of her um, union started suggesting that people sign petitions about things. And so she's quit the, quit the union, which is... I thought you said to bring it up. No, but I've got to... If I bring it up, I have to explain I have to it. Because... Fine. Um, also, I want to listen to this in a year's time and I won't know what we're talking about. <laughs> NTA nominations. So the National Television Awards are happening in September, I think. I haven't actually... This is very I realise in my notes here I've not written when it is, I've not written how to vote or anything, but I'm sure you're very intelligent you're so people, everybody. The, um, you can find out. I am dead excited by this. this. Good. I am really so unbelievably chuffed. beyond thrilled and chuffed that Charlie DeMello is one of the long listers on the National Television Awards list for serial drama performance. Performance. I, yeah, I, there's I'm, some really great. Um, he he's among here. good company. Yeah. I mean, we've got David Nilsson, Molly Gallagher, also thrill because she's only been in the show for a couple of years now, hasn't she? And you know, one of and the younger performers. Performers. She has. Yeah, done such an amazing she's job. She's been brilliant. I'm so so happy for her. Yeah. Sally Carmen. Oh, yes, she's yeah. getting the recognition now, isn't she? Yeah. People are starting to realise what five years later that she's actually gold dust to Coronation Street. So well done to her for getting a nomination. Chris Gascoigne, who I always say does a great job, just standard good stuff. Jane Danson, obviously, after everything that's happened this yeah. past year, how could she not get a nomination? And then, yeah, Charlie as well for, for being a lovely, lovely Imran and, and making, and you know, doing the doing best his, scene of the did, 60th anniversary week, to be fair. To be frank, that was the best scene of that week. Yeah. And that was an important week. Yeah. I've, oh gosh, I'm so excited about it. I'm so I know, excited I'm really that thrilled. he's nominated. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so happy. Is it, yeah. Um, and yeah. also... In the NTAs, the best newcomer, we have Jude Riordan. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So this is just the long list, isn't it? So I think how it works with the NTAs is that they'll whittle it down because they've got, what, six there from each of the soaps. Is it publicly voted? um, This bit, uh, is it? Oh, maybe, I I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Come here for all your information. Maybe the NTAs don't. I can't remember. You have a little look while I waffle. Can you vote in the NTA? Yes, you can. 
You can vote because I went and voted. I'm, I had a little brain fart. You can vote and then it'll get cut down to like four or something out of all the soaps. Um, and then you and then I think it's possibly judges that vote between those four. But anyway, get on there if you haven't voted. Obviously, there's um, we, we can't tell you who to vote for. Oh, is this the when does this come out? This is the one that's usually in, January, in January, but they 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 haven't been able to do it in January for obvious reasons this okay. year. Okay. Oh, it's ninth of September, the O two Thursday, the ninth of September. Um, and that's annoyingly, you know. Uh, in the new term, isn't it? I, f- I feel like we should do an NTAs one year. Make I it know, in the summer we were holidays. going to, because I remember looking at these um, ticket prices, because oh. you can get, you can buy tickets to go see it, and the tickets are start from £23.50 plus booking fees. and you, But you can also have, there's various packages, and I remember us talking about it um, in a previous yes, year, about using did. the Patreon money, because yeah. you can get the red carpet, which is, um, watch the stars arrive in person, £120, plus £10 booking fee, plus £2 venue facility fee. Lovely. The premium star treatment is sold out. You get um, champagne reception, beauty treatments, premium seats, and a souvenir picture, £350 plus £20 booking fee, £2 venue facility fee. Star treatment, which is that without a photo and premium seats, £250 plus £15 booking fee plus £2 venue fee. But I have my eye on this. The ultimate NTA experience. Um, Red carpet arrival, five-star hotel, pre-show guided backstage tour, premium seats and more. How much is that? How much do you think that is? £700. You're not far off. £895 plus £30 booking fee plus £2 venue facility fee. If I'm paying you, if I'm paying you £895, you can waive that £2 I'd rather, I think it's easier just to become a soap star, be really good and get nominated and then I assume you get to go along for free. It's cheaper. Um, You also get a pre-show three-course meal with a glass of champagne, wine and soft drinks. I don't want that. So that would be me completely plastered (laughs) by the time the show starts. Isn't that really much point? Yeah. I always, whenever I look at these... um, Awards, I always think, does this mean something for the next, you know, three, four months of Coronation Street? Because, and yeah. in, in, very interestingly, neither Shelley King nor um, Ian Bartholomew have been nominated here after the massive no. story that they've just been through. So in some ways, I'm thinking, I mean, we, where we got David, we got Molly, we got Sally, they're all going to be heavily involved in the aftermath of Seb's attack story. Um, Chris Gascoigne has kind of been but bubbling. Where's, um, what's her face? Oh. If Peter's there, where's Carla? Where's Where's Ali King? That's oh, it. I, don't know, I, I hate the fact I can never remember names. <laughs> um, Jane Danson, no surprise that she's there, and and it feels like she's never going to stop working. What does it mean for Charlie Demello? Is he going to have more to do? Because um, love him, but he's still not been given loads and loads of scenes to do. Really, is this kind of a hint that maybe over the next few months we're going to be seeing more of him? I don't know, but I certainly hope so. Oh, I'm sorry, though, Jeff, for him. Um, speaking of awards, Coronation Street this week won the Broadcast won Award, one. which is very fancy. That's kind of the, the highbrow media award for best serial drama. And so um, it's up against, I don't know, Casualty, Hollyoaks, I can't remember what else. Um, and it, it, apparently it seems like it was... I, I don't really get how this works because the, the articles about it said that it was nominated because of the episode where Yasmin attacks Jeff with a bottle, you know, the, mm-hmm. the kitchen scene that made it sound like it was her fault. But he came after her first. Um, and it was that episode that swung it particularly in Coronation Street's favour. So congratulations, Coronation Street. Hooray! Hopefully this is the first of many. many awards that you'll be getting this year. Now the award seasons are 
it's finally getting back Creeping into the swing of things. In. So, so next th- this weekend or back to normal. I would hope so. It's this weekend or next weekend that should be the British Soap Awards, if that was going to go on, isn't it? Because that's always June half-term that that goes on. And that's twice two years running that they've not had it now. It's like, it's like they're trying to get out of it. I know. I, I'm looking forward to it coming back next year. Hopefully we'll be able to go along to it again, because it's lots of fun going to the British it's Soap Awards. It's very much fun. And like, why don't the they sell the red carpet a VIP £895 package for that? Yeah, That'd actually. Do you get? Would you get to sit on the bus and... Go twenty yes, on the meters. Bus for the soap stars. The celeb bus. Or do you get to go and sit in the downstairs bit in the hall? You can be a seat filler. Them. Why can't oh, I yeah. be a seat filler? I'd love that. <laughs> they wouldn't let me. I'd probably be stuck in the East Enders bit, going, "All right, Danny, yeah, I know." <laughs> I know um, you're Danny Dyer. That that's it for news this week. It, this is probably it hasn't felt like a very long cabin no, to us because we've only been talking because... for eleven minutes. But actually, there was twenty minutes of um, yeah, of Colson love long. at the beginning of this, and we've got a lot of feedback to get through. So um, let's pop over to the feedback section and um, see what you've been thinking about last week's Corey. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the feedback section. The bit that where the quality of the podcast is is um, suddenly improved thanks to the contributions of our lovely listeners. <laughs> we have people that actually think about what they say and write it you down. don't just, yeah. No, just random, randomly. put some kind of reflection into it and don't just spout out a load of nonsense like we do. So thank you for that. Average but, score. Oh, average score. Oh, oh, to what? What were you going to say? I was just going to say a little bit of housekeeping stuff and now we're on the interacting with listeners bit. We are aiming to get those Patreon t-shirts in the post to you over the next few days. We We have ordered some jiffy bags. They have come today. They are branded with the colour. Yeah, we've got some orange jiffy bags. So if you're a Rovers level patron and you you get one of those popping through your post box over the next (laughs) week. It's from us. It's a thank you present. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We're going to bag them up. Also, the other thing is, feedback um, is, is we've had to, um, we couldn't use everybody's feedback this week because we've got so much to get through, but we always appreciate you sending your thoughts through, so don't ever stop. No, don't stop. And, 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 and in fact, some of you could start because we know yeah, how many people listen to this podcast and certainly what? not every single one of you writes us an email. No, well, everybody, all the people that don't write in, I assume, just listen to the podcast and go... That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe say it anyway, it doesn't matter. If you're new... If you haven't written to us before, that's your challenge for the next yeah. week. Give us an email. See what you think about the big week. Um, okay, so, oh, the other thing I was going to say is, speaking of Patreon stuff, um, I know that it's getting very close to the end of May and we still haven't done a Patreon episode of the podcast in May. It's coming. It's get, is it, When's the end of May? Monday. By the end of Monday, we will get our, our May Patreon we'll episode, episode out for you, I promise. We right, will never average forget. score for last week's shocking episodes of Coronation Street. For, the, for us, it was probably like one point two five it's probably exactly that wasn't it probably. somewhere but somewhere roughly halfway between one and one and a half is about 1.25 there's a bit of math math for you. Um, average score for the facebook group though skewed a higher. little bit higher 2.07 i do still think that's the worst it's ever been yeah. um scored on uh on the facebook group is before, it though. as bad as the uk at eurovision Oh, eurovision did anyone else watch that we do at least cory didn't get null point last uh, last week that and was just a double whammy of disaster for UK, wasn't it? Bad week of Corey, followed by zero points on Eurovision. And can we just apologise, and I know this has been done a million times before on Twitter, can we apologise as a country for Amanda Holden thinking it's hilarious, who didn't know the difference between French and Dutch? Yes, shocking stuff. 
Um, so the average score, like you said, 2.07. Jack gave it 2.5 weird Xbox controllers. Somebody did tell me that that was maybe an Xbox controller with a keyboard attachment, which shows what I know because I've got no idea what that is. We haven't had so an thank Xbox you for telling me I was since wrong. the 360. Pat gave it one blunt razor. Mark gave it one too many cheap supermarket burner phones launched at the wall by Harvey after angrily having to move a boring plot along by the medium of Sharon. Thank you, Mark and, was and Pat and Jack and everybody. It was. Um, so we've got um, a first little message here is from John who, want, who says, my story suggestion last year of Johnny's MS eradicating his libido and him allowing Jenny, should she wish to, to look elsewhere for physical connection. How would you feel about this? And would it be preferential to last week's mess? Yes. What do you, is that a yes? Is, is your answer this yes? This would have made more, way more sense if this, if it had happened like this, but then if, I mean, I don't know whether Coronation Street did this plot because they needed, um, for what purpose, if well, they needed it, it, Jenny and Johnny to split up, because I can certainly imagine, and this would be quite a, an interesting um, story to pursue, because I, I think this happens in real life. I think people do have these agreements with one another, not necessarily to do with medical issues and somebody's libido going down or whatever, but um, like, you know, I want to, I want you, I can't, I want you to seek, you know, if you want sex outside the marriage. I don't know. I just don't like the sound of it. Um, I can imagine it being quite interesting. And I know that both the actors would have done a really good job of it. I just don't, I just can't have imagined Jenny going, yes, that's the only sticking point for I me. I think she probably would have said no to begin with. But then and she'd then, see Ronnie and Yeah, go, then Ronnie comes along with his lovely hat. hat. <laughs> um, I, is it preference? I think anything was preferential to what actually happened, to be honest. One <laughs> week before Johnny was released, she decides, oh, Johnny. what the hell. Johnny, sorry, Johnny was released, what the hell? I'm gonna she didn't know it was Ronnie. one week. She was surprised. No, she knew it. She thought it was one week when it was actually like one day. That's probably why she was so worried because she's like, God, he could have come in right in the middle. Mm. Um, Yes, that would have been more preferential, but I would have just preferred some other way. Uh, Some some kind of, you know, just a a kiss even, maybe. But this would have been really, this would have been really... um, And a lot of the rest of it could have still happened in the same way. What other reason, what's the other reason for having Jenny do hook up with Johnny well it's about the Sharon thing isn't it Sharon's now going to blackmail her that's true yeah they wouldn't have wouldn't have been able to blackmail her if unless I don't know yeah I I would I've thought this was a really interesting idea to look back on given what is what's happened if you're going to have this kind of agreement though um I think we know that we need to be very very clear in your wording because when Tracy offered to give Steve a free pass he took that to mean something differently yeah yeah so yeah, you look elsewhere for a physical physical connection. I think that I think it was also just kind of a bit sad that to, to think that Johnny would get to that that position. Um, I love Johnny and Jenny. And also for him to think I'm not good enough for you, or mm. you know our connection. I mean, yeah, this would have been. This is what I mean. There's so much to unpack here, and um, but I I just don't think that Jenny would have said yeah. Part of why I'm with you is for the sex. And if I ain't getting that, then I'd better get it somewhere else. Yeah, I don't know. But she's I don't quite know. a passionate woman, so who knows? What a mess. What a mess. But as, great suggestion, as much as I, John. As much as I get, loved Jenny this week and I give a character of the week and everything, it's, it's, I know it's only going to be temporary because it's, it's not over, is it's it? It feels like down. it's not over. And I'm going to be really mad about her again in a few weeks, I'm, I'm convinced. Oh, I'm not mad at her, Once I'm mad at the storyline. Once you have an affair on, on the show, it's inevitable that it will be get, 
found out. Maybe, I mean, yeah. It, oh, yeah, it will get found out. Has there ever been an affair that hasn't been found out? I don't know. That's a good thing. Good That's a good question. question. If only there was the somebody question. whose job it was to um, answer questions about coronation. Uh, okay, right. We've got an email from Ben come through. I'll read this one because you're slurping your tea at the moment. Ben says, last week's Corrie was a mixed bag. No, it wasn't, Ben. Jenny seemed completely out of character, cheating on Ronnie. No, cheating on Johnny with Ronnie. Of all people, at least we were spared the sight of a caravan bunk up. However, in my unpopular opinion, I'm loving scheming, sneaking Daisy. I think she's a great addition to the show. Yeah. You're not the only one, actually, Ben. We've had a few uh, threads on the Facebook group about Jenny, and there is maybe not a 50-50 split, but there's definitely a good good chunk of our group that are still all on Team team Daisy or, or you know, loving to hate her. I don't see... Yeah, the show needs robust... Um, antagonists. It does, and I'm saying that she is not robust yet. Fine. The Sharon Dev Simon story, Ben says, was quite repetitive, e.g., Dev repeatedly leaving the house to buy cocktail ingredients, but I found it laughably enjoyable. However, being a teenager myself, I can confirm that no teen would happily agree with his parent banning their favourite video game due to violent content. I'm looking at you, Ardy. And as for Sam's kidnap, part of me wishes he'd stay in that van. <laughs> As much as I love little Sam, he's better in small doses. And in recent weeks, there's been a bit of Sam overload. I think I would agree. A lot of people have been saying that Sam is beginning to... To great. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do love Sam, but... I don't know. I don't know whether it's, it's there is always a danger whatever, to. It's the same with any character, to be honest. I was going to say this. It's not that it's him. It's any character that's supposed to be cute and adorable... Yeah. Um, and that it does. It's not just limited to only the older character, uh, the younger characters. They they do it with other people. Mm. And and his his kind of shtick of reeling off random trivia about whatever topic is in his head at the moment is they're starting to use that a bit too much. So he's yeah, making him a one trick pony. Ease off a little bit, or or give him something else. I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm very happy to keep Sam on the on the show for a long time to come, but. Yeah, they just need to branch out. He's not out annoying me yet, bit. but I certainly can see that if, yeah, if mm. you're um if you're starting to be on the fence about it a bit, you're gonna start yeah. falling off one side of it. Uh, ben gave Ben gave last week's Curry's three dodgy game consoles three. out of five, so definitely a lot higher than this. But it it was I was just so mad last week. I was blinded by rage, rage about yep, Jenny and Ronnie yeah. together. You have got an email now to read, haven't you? Yeah. So Nicole. Bonjour, she, Nicole. Uh, she's gutted, she says. I just... Oh, no, I've... We're, we're at the stage where the Canadians' uh, listeners are starting to catch up with yeah. the uh, tragedy that befell Seb and Nina a couple of weeks ago. I just watched the episode, says Nicole, where Seb has died and I'm really upset. They should... They've had him doing nothing for a year or more and then finally give him some spark with such a terrific storyline with Nina. And then this... No! I guess the writers had to do this to a character. That's exactly how Nicole sounded when she yeah. said it. I guess the characters had to do this to a character we were invested in and it will provide some great material with Asher, Corey, Nina and Abby as it all unravels. But still, was this known beforehand or was it a complete surprise to everyone like Luke's death? Surprise, but predicted. Kel surprise. That's what we said. Mm. Well, I predicted it. Well, yeah. What? I said he was going to die and you said... Yeah, no, I thought he was going to die. I think. No, you didn't. I, I'm, I thought that it um, might happen. Nicole's question is, was it known beforehand? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Nobody knew that there was going to be a death it on the show. It was not publicised. No, exactly. Um, she says, Corey's been great lately. Sharon's return and the storyline has been terrific. Now she's going off to Sam. 
Hawkey Waitnickel. Poor little guy had a relatively normal life until he gets into the plat orbit. <laughs> Doesn't Natasha know that the family is a draw for all kinds of nefarious goings on? She should have kept him well away. I tell you what, Nicole, if, if Natasha had you on side, Sam would never have been snocked in a van. Mm. And now he'll end up somehow either kidnapped or his life at risk. How the children on the street survive all their trauma, I do not know. Very resilient. Another news. Mostly they just keep their heads down. I mean, that's what Liam's doing. That's what um, Joseph's doing. That's what, well, I can't even remember most of their names are in it. So uh, little Lily. Yeah. Get your head down and just wait to come out the other side. Yeah. Nicole says, another news, Canada has just had its May stat holiday. Officially Victoria Day, but known colloquial, colloquially as May Long. I have not heard of this. May Long. You know, you in the UK call them bank holidays and we call them statutory holidays, which is why it's called a stat holiday. Oh, okay. You thought that was a I thought typo, it was a holiday where you have to do some maths. Yeah. Draw some pie charts and things. Is that an Americanism? Traditionally, May Long, she wonders, May Long is a weekend where, which everyone looks forward to as the start of summer, but inevitably it is cold, rainy or even snowy. But we were lucky this year. We went camping, only local travel allowed, and it was beautiful. As our cases go down and our vaccination rate goes up here in BC, everyone is beginning to feel some optimism. We're expecting some restrictions to be lifted today. Is that? Gemma's got her second jab booked in, have you not? Ugh. When are you getting it done? I'm is the last next one week? of everyone that I know to get it. We're still getting it fairly early for our age group, to be fair, aren't we? When are you getting it? Is it next week or the week after? After. Oh. And Nicole says, as always, I continue to follow your podcast religiously. I'm keen to hear your take on this past week. We loved it. Your second Friday episodes are aired on Mondays here, so I'll be starting episode 469 today. And I see you have our character profile of Seb as well. Perfect. Thanks again for all you put into this. You're very welcome. Hope you enjoyed the podcast when you get around to listen to it, Nicole. See you in two weeks when you catch up to this one. Mm. Richard has written to us and said, Dear Gemma and Michael, I trust you are both well. Are you well? I've always been better, but somehow not. Does that make any sense? I'm all right. (laughs) After a stellar week a few weeks ago, the past couple have not been as strong, says Richard, but I seem to have found them better than most other members of the Facebook group, judging by my weekly scores, which always tend to be a point or so higher than the average. I'd like to be in a world of somebody who is generally relatively satisfied with Coronation Street. That's it's how too I picky. am with Handmaid's Tale at the moment. I'm just, I'm just enjoying it. But every time I look on the internet, everyone's like, oh my God, can you believe it? Oh, it's too violent. It's not violent enough. Why is she there? Why hasn't she escaped? Why has she escaped? Why isn't she there? <laughs> she should go out with Luke. I hate Luke. Oh, I want her to go out with the other one. What's his name? I've forgotten. He's so boring. Nick. Nick is boring. Nick is boring. Has anyone else watched Handmaid's Tale? Nick is like a twig man. Why does she fancy him? I anyway, don't know Richard. What are you talking about? What, what, tell me more. The, the term alternative reality was used on a recent podcast, which has led me to thinking of a similar scenario within the street. As Anne Reed MBE is 85 today, oh, happy birthday, Anne. Oh. I have a few ideas regarding what might have happened or not happened had the actress not decided to leave her role of Valerie Tatlock in 1971. Oh, this, oh, this is, is interesting. Good. And Richard, I don't know if you know this. But Coronation Street used to publish little cards which were alternative reality. Oh yeah, in the magazines. So, yeah, they gave them away in the on the front, in, on the front, front cover of the magazine. But they were actually yeah. What if separately. Lennon and Elsie had got together? So that you kind might of thing. you might um, enjoy 
uh, tracking those down if you can. As a modern woman, Val learns basic electrics. <laughs> this is going to be funny, I can tell already. Val learns basic electrics at evening classes and is therefore able to change a plug successfully and doesn't <laughs> electrocute herself to death on her hairdryer. Yeah, I think the, the Coronation Street official was a slightly more serious. <laughs> <laughs> Val tolerates Ken's numerous flings and love affairs for several years for the sake of providing a stable home life for the twins, Susan and Peter, and her perceived duty of care to her uncle, Albert. Ah. However, However, the worm turns, and with the arrival of a brash Londoner, Michael Vernon Baldwin, in 1976, Ooh. her head is turned, and Val begins a passionate love affair. Wow. Ken contracts syphilis from one of his many extramarital liaisons, which he passes on to Val, oh, no. who in turn passes it on to Mike. This causes Mike to go mad, and in a fit of delirium, he murders Ken, this but cunningly frames the husband of one of Ken's many lovers for the crime. Val and Mike marry, Mike adopts the twins, and various characters were never born, such as Daniel and their for Bertie, Mark and Adam. Wow. Peter Barlow Baldwin, a social drinker at best, works for his adoptive father, eventually taking over the day-to-day running of the business empire, which, by 2021, includes ownership of Weatherfield County FC, who regularly compete for major European football honours. Susan, a teacher, marries and starts a family sometime in the 1980s and moves overseas. She is referenced every few years, but always has some big off-scene crisis preventing her (laughs) from attending any family celebration in Weatherfield. The Baldwins, Val and Mike have that rarity of Coronation Street, a successful and long-standing marriage which is a few Aww. years off its golden wedding anniversary. Neither has ever really been tempted to cheat on the other. This is despite a recently divorced Deirdre Langton propositioning Mike in the early days of the Baldwin's early marriage <laughs> and widowed potman Fred G's obsession with Val around the same time, which was hastily curtailed when Mrs. Walker discovers Val und- Val's underwear, which Fred had stolen from the washing line in Fred's dressing table. <laughs> That the end. Brilliant. How much time did you put into Thanks, that, Richard? Richard? That was fantastic. That was great. Oh wow! Has anyone else got any ideas for alternative realities? Yeah, I do love write the, in and tell us. I love the fact that um, Ken gets murdered. I'm... So in this story, so who's the longest? So it'd be Rita would be the longest running. Val, yeah, Val? She, she, what, was that um, in it before Rita? Oh, I can't remember now, actually. It would be a bit sad to have a Coronation Street alternative reality where there's nobody who's been in it since the first It's going to happen at some time, isn't it? I know, but it doesn't need... To, um, I don't want it to happen too soon. Well, maybe they would have kept other people in. Like, they, like was this true. before or after... This was... No, this was after David Barlow died, wasn't it, I think? I'm losing track of it Well, you know, now. they can always rewrite but... and go, oh, the Australians got confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. I th- what do you think about the idea of Val having an affair? Do you think that was in her personality? I can't remember. Did she, she have any? She was a very things? intelligent, sensitive, and emotional woman, and I can imagine her getting fed up with Ken and deciding what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Maybe, maybe. Uh, um, okay, I love lovely, that. love stuff. Right, um, <laughs> love Gallo, stuff. Lovely stuffily. Right, Fangirl Overload 123 has had a bit of a venting session, which we will share with you now. I hate them all. I actually hate them all. I lost count of the amount of times I screamed at the TV this week. Nick, Leanne and Simon have all come out of hiding at this point because apparently they don't care about the evil uh, the evil drug resort after them. Oh yeah, I forgot that Simon, he um, broke his, um, what's it called? It's not curfew, you know. They've, they've all literally been out, been to somewhere and snuck around where they shouldn't be. And they've only been in this witness protection thing no, for like a month. Tell you what, this is why they didn't bother having a lockdown in Weatherfield, because they couldn't stay where they were put. <laughs> True. Um, she says, and what right does Jenny have to be up on her high horse? She's Jenny, that's just, all the right you need. Just last week, she and Ronnie were sleeping together. For the last time, you do realise you have to be married to each other to be able to sleep together. As I always say, she better not get preggers. 
Character of the week is Natasha, since she seemed to be the lesser of the evils, and I gave it two and a half evil cats out of five. I can see people voting for Natasha for the character of the week, because you're right, she did have her head screwed on this week, but um, I just... She didn't, because she got talked out uh, of yeah, it. Yeah, until she got talked out of it, yeah. She was completely in the right. If my child ever gets kidnapped, first of all, where'd it come from? Secondly, I'm not going to let anybody talk me out of going to the police, because the drugs lord did it. Mm. No, no, no! Don't worry about it, Natasha. It's just a drug sword, but we're gonna we're gonna bribe him not to do it again. Oh, that that sounds fabulous! Thank you for keeping me in the loop. Well, I'll <laughs> I'll go to London then and homeschool him. Yeah, no, D- J- Jenny. Still for me, you're right. She she after last week's you know unspeakableness. Uh, people could be um people have every right to well. Fangirl over like 23 gave it to Natasha, and that's the final say. Thank okay, you very much. Fine, fine. George is our final character, um, not character of the week, uh, email of the week, that's what we're doing. And he says that he hopes we are well. We have already established, we're fine. George says, I don't know about you, but Alina's acronym wall from last week made me feel really old, as I had no idea what any of them meant. Is this really what kids hang on their bedroom walls these days? When I was a kid, we hung up posters of our favourite bands and artists. She did say one of them was true, but we all know the only truth is the flat reeks of adultery. <laughs> is that what people have on their walls? Listeners, does anybody have these FOMOs and lols and YOLOs or whatever on their wall? Oh, can you imagine Summer coming around going, whoa, that's cool. Lol, oh, that's what I say. Oh, that's my catchphrase. Yeah, po- what's happened to the posters on the wall? Although, I, I think... I think Alina's supposed to be slightly older than a poster on the wall sort of a person, but she certainly doesn't act like it. You should have seen my Spice Girl poster wall when I was little, everybody. Well, maybe not too little. But I, I literally, one hot, one of my four walls on my bedroom was covered in top of the pop Spice Girls magazine. I even had some on the terrible. ceiling. That's I had, gross. I had massive Spice Girls posters on my ceiling. You know why people put posters on their ceilings? I thought, wasn't I had only I think you're innocent admitting, reasons. Yeah, well, I don't know. Definitely. Definitely. You anywhere, you can talk. You had a big poster of Legolas on your on your wall when we were at university, didn't you? Yeah. Orlando Bloom. Yeah. Anyway. Um speaking of love, says George, I love how Evelyn finally let Tyrone have it. Although I feel we need to see more. Yeah. And what was the point in her having an accident in the workplace? She should sue. I know I would, and she technically can. I've seen adverts on it all the time whilst watching Countdown and A Place in the Sun. <laughs> it's true. Also, probably if you watch classic Coronation Street on ITV3, they love all that kind of stuff there. Mm. Um, now, with all the kidnapping, if you can call it that, uh, that's all... But no. If you could... <laughs> Now, with the kidnapping, you. if you can call it that, as all the little brat did was walk into the van of his own free Thank will. You. He clearly didn't watch one of City's how-to videos like what? I did, where it's about safety, and the last part is on stranger danger. <laughs> Thank you, and good on Shona for telling Natasha as she was going to find out anywhere, as nothing's kept secret in Soapland. Now, I wonder if he'll, she'll stick to her word and we won't have to see the annoying brat ever again. Harsh. <gasps> Well, if I was Leanne, I'd ring Harvey and say I'm still testifying and that was the be- if that was the best you can do, I ain't even related to him and would slam yes! the phone down yelling, see you in court. That would, do you know what? That would have been the be- that would have redeemed Leanne completely. Yeah, she should have done. That would have Leanne been, fa- that would have been that. so funny if she had said, listen, Harvey, I don't give deep craps about that, Sam boy i actually find him quite irritating to be honest <laughs> finally george says other producers determined to make every couple every couple single and split up in their relationships i mean this is turning into a season of that trashy love island not that i watch it i don't except on Corrie. there's a character for everyone whilst love island is full of good-looking robots who go on a free holiday to spain which makes us all feel bad about ourselves <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't that. know that even that much detail about Love Island because I also don't watch it. But I have no prejudice against people that do watch it because I know that some of our <laughs> listeners do indeed watch Love Island. You know what? I do wonder what sort of rubbish I'd end up watching if I'd never met Gemma. Not that I'm saying Love Island is rubbish. <laughs> I've never it's seen it. It's probably amazing. What, 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 how, what do you mean? I don't, what highbrow shows do you watch with me? Well, no, I'm just, quite a lot. You don't watch any of the shows I watch. No, but gem- generally we watch a lot of American stuff and you, you hate all the kind of the talented shows you don't watch. You don't like watching game shows. There's, I don't There's like lots it. of kinds of shows that you don't watch and therefore That's I don't a watch. Whole, there's a whole bracket and of I'd... like, yeah, I don't, what's the, they just seem to feel like time fillers to me. Yeah. I, 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 that's that's fine. Not everybody wants to watch event TV or whatever you want to call it. It's, long as I we guess watch, I sorry. just probably perhaps my life is not that stressful because I know people just like to unwind and watch things that are yeah that are kind of like you know low, low stakes mm. and just kind of good fun and oh speaking clapping. of watching, did you watch any? How much of that Catherine Kelly? I think Innocent I'm just going to say any program that has a live studio audience involved in it at any point, I think I I sort of no power. But off. we did enjoy it all together now. That was the only thing I've ever seen that was a singing show that I liked. Yeah, I want to know about this Innocent programme with Catherine Kelly. I haven't finished watching it yet, but... Is it, was, it any it good? Is, yeah, it's pretty good. What's it about? And I'm pretty sure it has got Jenna, the actress who plays Yes, it Jenna. does. It has got Chrissy Warner. Yeah, because I remember seeing... Oh, this is mean. I just saw the... Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it anyway. I just saw... I just, the, she plays the headmistress, and I was watching her going, God, she's bland. <laughs> Why do I recognise her from? <laughs> <laughs> but, but... Now I remember, it's that, that physiotherapist. But she was playing a bland character because okay. she was just like a side character who said, oh, you can't... So basically the story is um, Catherine Kelly plays a teacher. Catherine Kelly, we were talking about this because she was Becky on Coronation Street. Street. Fantastic character, bring back Becky. She played... So, and also this is season two of Innocent and you don't need to have seen season one apparently. I think it's standalone. So oh. she begins the episode of the series by like, thank you everybody for supporting me. I knew I was innocent all along. It weren't me what done it. And it turns out that she had been accused of... I don't know if they said rape, but it was rape because it was an underage boy that she had sex with who was her a pupil at her school and he was murdered. So everybody said that she did both these things and she said she didn't do either of them. And she gets let out of court and I can't remember why. <laughs> Probably should uh, know that. Um, and she returns to the little um, village where she, where she lives and everyone's kind of shunning her apart from her friends and she has to kind of... They have to find out what actually happened. Would I like and follow it? I don't know. I think you'd... I don't know if you... I if don't you know. were there to explain bits to me. I don't think it's that complicated. Because I do like Catherine Kelly. We enjoyed her in class. Yeah. And we, we enjoyed her a little bit in Mr Selfridge when we saw that. Yeah. Um, I don't... We don't watch very much stuff with old... Because we don't watch very much stuff that's British made full stop, do we? So a lot of these old things or things that old Coronation Street characters and with just pass us by. The most that we've seen is is um, Bradley Walsh in Doctor Who, yeah. the last two series, which, by the way, I'm in the middle of watching a five-hour <laughs> YouTube video slagging off the last two series of Doctor Who and enjoying it immensely because I also didn't enjoy that. And I think Bradley Walsh, who played uh, Danny Baldwin in Coronation Street, is one of the one of the t- my favourite bits about it. But I think that's just because one. I go, oh... Yeah, he's in Doctor Who. Uh, Curry, I mean, oh, blimey, Doctor Who is in an awful state, blah, blah, in blah. my opinion. Um, and it's not just because she's a woman now, thank you. I think that is it. No, it's not. 
I have my problems with Doctor Who um, being a woman and it's because she doesn't address the fact that she's now a woman and she gets treated differently by people and she doesn't seem to like notice or care, which is really annoying. But anyway, anyway that's um, where I think we've gone off topic somewhat. Anyway, I'm I'm still watching Mayor of East Town. Good for and you. I'm also watching the flight attendant and I'm watching Innocent and I'm trying to play Resident Evil Village and I just played the scariest sequence I've ever played in my whole life. I had to stop playing it and then I like literally had dreams about it. Because it was so scared. Well, you just need to kick back and play a little bit of Metopia like me, which I didn't talk about on the podcast last week, and I've been making all my little mm-hmm. me's of Coronation Street actors, or Coronation Street characters, mm-hmm. and and putting them on my Twitter, and people are telling me that doesn't look like them, actually. Yeah, you get um, upset I, I you made it really that I thought was a really good one of Emma, and you said, no, that's rubbish. Yeah, I did. And I said, I'm going to put it online anyway, yeah. and a couple and of people liked it, it and then rubbish. somebody said that it wasn't very good as well, yeah. but I'm quite happy with them, well. and I don't have nightmares about it. Well, that's 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 it. what's going on in our, our life at the moment. About everybody, what we did this week. Um, maybe we should just put this at the end of every episode instead of trying to talk about it. We're beginning. also still watching Lost, and we're watching um, The Office. We're, we're we're halfway through watching Michael's last episode of The Office today. Oh, we yeah. had to stop it for Coronation Street to come on. I love The Office. It's good. It's good. But, it's but going to go one... downhill rapidly from this point onwards, though, isn't it? I know lots of people watch it as their comfort show, don't they? Yeah. My comfort show is Peep Show. I watch that. Sh- I've watched that beginning to end several times now. And if I feel if I feel sad, I just watch Peep Show. I don't and go, think I've got one. You losers. I don't think I've got one. Coronation Street. Oh yeah. That Otherwise, chocolate. what's this all about? Hmm. Tell us what you're watching. Are you watching Coronation Street? Email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Review us on iTunes. Don't review this bit. Review the rest of it. And hopefully you'll like it more. Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, We're, we're currently YouTube, like Patreon. three or four Instagram followers away from a thousand, aren't we? Yes. Will you be our thousandth Instagram follower? We're not far off. 6,700, is it? I don't know. Our Twitter Twitter followers are slowly, slowly increasing. I think we've reached saturation point there. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably. Anyway, that's it now. If you... um, Oh, that's it. If you don't... Oh, oh. um, Thank you for all the lovely feedback that we got for the Tanisha Gori interview last week. We had lots of people giving nice comments there. And that's literally our most commented video that we've ever put on YouTube, I think. So, um, yeah, that went down really, really well. So thank you for everybody. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And if anybody has got anything horrible to say about the fact that we colour coordinate our bookcases, just shove it up your bum phone. Nobody because has got anything horrible people, to say about Michael, our colour coordinated bookcases. I've never known people get their pants in a twist more than the reaction that some people have to a colour coordinated bookcase. Number one, yeah, it looks nice. And number two, I can find things way more easily... People don't understand this. They think it's pretentious. When your books are all mixed up, how are you supposed to know where anything is unless you have some kind of organisation? This is the easiest way of organising things because when you put them in colour, they organise themselves accidentally. So all of my books about Christmas recipes are all red. All of my gardening books are green. All of my curry books are ready orange. Yeah, all of the fa- all of the fashion books are either black or white. Well, Tanisha liked it because she told me. Well, Tanisha's got good taste bookshelf. and she knows how to organise things. Tanisha, I've been watching her on Instagram this week and she's been going out for dinner loads this week. Oh, Lucky fair. duck. Anyway, what are we still doing talking about this? Is anyone still listening? We, we went to the cinema. At this point? We saw Spiral and oh, we went yeah. to a restaurant. Oh yeah, we went to we went to Byron Burger on Sunday, yeah. didn't we? That was lovely. Anyway, 
That's um, definitely it. We've got stuff to do. Yes. Um, don't forget to, to, to listen to our bonus podcast this week all about Coronation Street behind bars and prison stories. It was kind of interesting, I thought. Um, and also, if you are a patron, um, then look out for our next bonus Patreon episode, which will be Where winging we... its way towards you in the next two days. Where we talk about three. our top five favourite programmes with ex-Coronation Street stars No, we are not them. going to be doing that, but that could be one that we do. That would be a good one, yeah. It could be. And um, yeah, we, we, we're going to be got oh, a busy God, weekend. We we're going to be we? filling up our skip. I think that's probably why we're still talking. Days. Because we know that as soon as we finish this, we have to go to bed and then we have to wake up and then we have to fill a skip. Yeah. Ugh. But it's fine we're one step closer to moving house at last. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Bye. See you. And Arrivederci. And the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Oh, 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 oh.